0: okay we are rolling we haven't done that intro in a while yep but welcome to the show everyone i'm henry and with me as always is tom hello hello and we have our two uh, recurring guests here again today ken and shalom hi
1: everyone hello hello
0: <laughs> yes. okay and here uh today we're going to do something a little different we're going to do a double feature where we talk about two movies uh actually we should have premeditated this before but which one are we going to talk about first the good one or the bad one (laughs) i I don't need to say
2: the titles because we all know which one is which (laughs) i'm a positive kind of guy so i'd like to start with the bad one and then go work our way towards the better one there on a higher note
1: I'm really glad it
0: wasn't just me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Tom, you actually haven't seen this one, so we'll start with you. Are you cynical about Thor Love and Thunder, or Four, as you like to call it? Yeah, I
3: like to call it the four. Uh, Yes, I'm so cynical that I didn't even watch it. Uh, <laughs> basically, I lost interest in Thor as a character in uh, Infinity War, when they like took off his eye patch and just gave him a fake eye. Like, despite the fact that he was, you know, missing an eye to represent that he was kind of filling the shoes of Odin. I was like, oh, they're just kind of regressing his character, aren't they? So I kind of lost interest in him. And uh, when this was announced, I was like, oh, neat. OK, they're they're doing Jane Thor. That's about it. All right. Bye. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's basically my take on this movie is that I was so cynical about it. I didn't even watch it.
0: <laughs> yeah, to your point, um, I like. I think I've said this before, his arc in Infinity War, I like it in a vacuum, but next to Ragnarok, it's basically like, it's like you said, they took everything that they did with him in Ragnarok and completely reversed it. It's very
2: jarring. I remember when I first saw the movie years ago, um, Infinity War, and I said, wait, the whole point of Thor and Thor Ragnarok was that he had to learn how to channel his power without his hammer, that it was just a way for him to channel it through it at first, but he could do it without it. And then at the end, he learns how to use lightning by himself. He's more powerful than ever. He loses his eye, and he's supposed to be more like Odin, wiser. Um, And then, yeah, he just gets his eye back. He gets a new axe hammer, and uh, he kind of gets armor that's very reminiscent of the first armor he had. So he kind of just went backwards (laughs) yeah and actually you made a good point that i almost forgot
0: about when they in the intro of this movie when cork was doing like the narration to catch people up they completely skipped over that whole like learning how to have powers without a weapon thing it was just his hammer broke but then he got a new weapon and they skipped over that (laughs) whole beat they did that, and uh, oh yeah, and they also skipped over uh, when the reason he became all fat and depressed in Endgame was because he act he didn't kill Thanos, right? They completely skipped over that. They're, they they said they basically retroactively made it look like he got all fat and depressed because Jane broke up with him, but he didn't actually yeah. give a fuck about was, Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: especially because <laughs> when you watch Thor Ragnarok, um Jane out of nowhere just isn't there, and you get a super quick one-liner saying like, "Oh, I'm so sorry that you guys broke up," and he's like, "Yeah." It just kind of happened. And the real reason was that Natalie Portman was kind of done with the MCU at that yeah. point. Um, and then that just kind of didn't get resolved. And not then... only that,
0: the comics also had not yet come up with the Lady Thor idea, or Mighty Thor. So. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. But and the Ragnarok was also make trying to make it look like him and Valkyrie were gonna be a thing. Yes, and they, just, they were
2: trying to set it up. That and just start, got thrown away. <laughs> they were semi-setting him up with Sif in the first Thor, but then say, like, oh, Jane <laughs> yes. is the true love interest.
0: Oh, and, never mind. Now
2: it's Valkyrie. Yeah, it's no, now, oh, <laughs> now it's Jane. I'm like, wait a second. He, and, he's just
0: bouncing around. <laughs> and Sif is in this movie, and right as soon as Sif's scene showed up, I knew it. this movie's bad. Like because <laughs> like uh that the whole thing where she's missing an arm and he's and she's like, Don't worry, I'm gonna go to Valhalla, and he was like, No, you have to be in battle in order to go to Valhalla the battle's already over and she's like, oh shit yeah. and her arm is still bleeding out and right away I'd be like, okay, this movie's fucked that's it, this movie yeah, has I, like no tone
1: I, yeah, I thought that was so weird I didn't get that at all, I was just like why, why would you say that to, to somebody like, oh, you're not, you're not going to Valhalla
2: not just and that, but because Thor's character, part of his uh, arc is like trying to find his family, his place in the world Sif was one of his closest friends growing up, in fact, it's the only friend that he has left uh, out of his initial like best friends from the original Thor all of the yeah. other ones died she was the only one left alive then it's been many years since he last saw her he sees her bleeding and all he can do is like joke to her like hey uh, yeah you are <laughs> you yeah. might be going to heaven but not not you <laughs> and in case you're wondering Tom
0: the whole movie is like that where like the tone there it just is no tone at all like uh, later when they meet uh, Russell Crowe and uh, they have he eventually brings up the fact that like a bunch of kids got kidnapped, but it takes him like a whole five minutes to bring that up. They do like jokes for five minutes. And then it's yeah. like, oh, by the way, a bunch of kids got kidnapped. Like, no, you lead with that. Like, yeah. say Christian Bale is torturing <laughs> a bunch of kids right now. We got to yeah. go. Like... <laughs> we <gotta> go. <laughs>
1: but, uh, are we yeah. doing spoilers?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cares.
4: <laughs> um, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. That whole thing where it's like, we're going to do jokes. This is a comedy movie. Also, Jane has cancer and she's going to die. And they make
0: fun of cancer. They do make fun of cancer. They're like, stage four, not a big deal. There's probably other stages we don't know about. (laughs) It was just very
1: weird. Like, it it just, I had no idea, like, what they were supposed, what I was supposed to be feeling as an audience member. Yeah. Like, oh, like, Jane's not taking her cancer seriously. So I guess I'm not going to think about that. And then at the end of the movie, she does, die and it uh, yeah i just i i was just lost i was like what what is going on
0: here? so i forgot to ask the two of you but i think it's safe to say you're both cynical about this movie as well
2: i so i personally guess i agree with basically all of our critiques and the critiques i've heard online that it's it's mostly a joke the movie it's a joke the it's hard to take it seriously um and then i'm sure, I'm sure we'll keep going more into it uh, in this episode but i do think there is some value if you Didn't have any expectations, which I didn't. Because Thor was never my favorite superhero. He was just a guy who was in, like, The Avengers. And I'm like, that's just a movie to kind of, like, spend two hours watching people tell jokes. See special effects that might look good sometimes. I still enjoyed it for that. But I did enjoy it as, like, you know, its own narrative story. Where, like, it was trying to tell something or give a message or a moral. that I, I didn't enjoy that because there was none. Yeah. At least none that was effective. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, any sort of deeper meaning or message or whatever got completely lost there. Like I had no idea. Um. Yeah. I. I. I was watching this movie like next to Ken on the couch and like at one point I turned to Ken and I was like this movie is not good <laughs> he was like oh yeah. I went <laughs> into it thinking <laughs> that it would be
0: just okay because most Marvel yeah. movies are just okay but I actually I think I'm inclined to say that this, for me at least this was bad like, <laughs> yeah overall
1: yeah. it was bad <laughs> it wasn't a good movie I think it was because someone made a joke that didn't land or something and I was just like oh this is not a good movie yeah. um, the one part that I did like was that that I think that they could have leaned into more was the resolution at the end with the God killer where they were like, You love your daughter more than you hate, more than you want revenge. And I thought that was interesting. And I wished that they would have spent more time on that. Cause I actually didn't think about like they were like, oh, this guy has one wish. Yeah. And the whole movie I didn't think about like, oh well, he could just bring his daughter back. So when Thor suggests that at the end, I was like, oh, that's like good idea like a great great idea that's interesting um and yeah I wish they would have like talked about that a little bit more but it was like there was that lesson like yeah. love is greater than revenge but then there was also like whatever we were supposed to learn from Jane's story <laughs> and there's also like something going on with the hammers and I, yeah there was just a lot and too much and not enough at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And, I,
2: and I agree that, that I personally felt like there was a lot of potential with that idea. Oh, so basically they bring back the daughter of the main bad guy um, and Thor becomes the adopted father. And I thought that could have been a cool thing to explore and obviously they will in future movies. But I feel like this movie could have focused on how he would take after Odin and kind of become a better father. If Thor Ragnarok was supposed to get him ready to be a better king, then maybe this move could have made him ready to be a better father to leave yeah. a legacy but it just did not focus on that at right. all uh, yeah, yeah yeah i'm
0: glad you brought that up because the whole thing about him adopting the bad guy's kid at the end comes out of nowhere no like way. there's no setup for it at all yeah and i think they hint at maybe the reason him and jane broke up in the past was because she wanted kids and he didn't but I then guess, yeah it's it's like happens so fast you blink and you miss it and then there's no other setup in the rest of the movie and then he doesn't even make that decision himself as as the bad guy's dying, he's like, "But who will raise my daughter?" And then Jane's like, "Thor will do it for you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I would be Thor, I'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa Why are you speaking for me?" <laughs> like, I did not agree to this at all. But he just goes with it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom, uh, I don't know uh, if you knew about any of that stuff before going into this conversation, but I take it you did, right? Like about. Uh,
3: I I kind of knew partially about that stuff. I. The thing that I heard about Gore is that like uh, he kills like one god, so it's like, how is he really the god killer if he kills one god? I mean, like, isn't that yeah. the, oh, at least on screen? I guess is the, yeah, yeah, the on screen term. he only
0: kills one in the beginning. The movie mentions that he's killed others. I think, I think, but, yeah, but yeah, that, no. yeah.
2: For a god yeah. butcher, he doesn't do a lot of butchering. No.
3: <laughs> right, and then like I've I've heard that like uh, it's kind of. Ambiguous, like what even a god is, and then like a lot of the gods don't seem all that concerned about a guy named the God Butcher running around. Uh, yeah, but no, exactly. I didn't. I didn't know about. Uh, well, actually, I think I did hear that his whole motivation is what like a god like abandons his like could have saved his daughter at the beginning, right. but just doesn't, right. and then he's like, "Oh, you suck," and then kills him. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I guess. I guess that sounds like a neat ending does does gore die like
0: he does yeah
3: oh okay so they didn't they didn't manage to figure out this whole like you can just wish back your daughter without him dying thing was that required or something
0: no i think it's because he only has one wish and by that point he was mortally wounded so he has so and his original he was originally heading to like the place to make the magic wish to wish all gods out of existence but then by the time he gets there i guess jane Talks him into instead wishing for his daughter to come back. Yeah, but by that point he's mortally wounded, so that that was where the whole. But then, who will take care of my daughter? And then Jane's like, Thor will do it for you. Man, these people,
3: these guys are always never talking out their problems. They're always dying before they can talk. Yeah, they are. Like what? What's your first instinct? It's like, uh, should I go try to get this one wish to get my daughter back, or should I go across the universe killing all gods? Ah, <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go with the second one.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad Tom that you brought up the idea of like, what is a god? Because it is very ambiguous. in In the very first Avengers, like they, um, you no, know, it's in the, in the original Thor and the original Avengers. Odin says like, you know, people believe that we're gods, but we're not. We just live very long and we right. just kind of die. They're just an alien race. And then in the Avengers, Loki tells Thor like, hey, humans believe that we're immortal. Shall we test that? And that, and the whole idea I felt, I took it as like, they're just an alien race. That's very powerful, but they're not really gods. We, we yeah. just consider them gods. And then Eternals came out and then it seems all Greek gods were just Eternals. Right. And but then, now this movie has Zeus and shit. Zeus, yeah. was supposed to be, yeah, an actual god. Yeah. And then you go in this movie, they go to this giant Colosseum um, stadium and it's full of gods. And Korg says, look, that's the god of the people of my race. I'm like, so wait, so you guys are an alien race that have a god that is separate from you guys. That, so you guys are not gods because yes, yeah. guardians are all gods technically. Right. But then Korg's race has their race and then a god and then there's a god of dumplings too because why not <laughs> yeah
0: that that was weird they they had an, a living emoji dumpling yes. god yeah.
2: yeah yeah yeah. so i'm like i yeah i also agree i i don't really know what a god is <laughs> yeah
0: neither is marvel the... yeah a,
2: li-
3: <laughs> a living emoji god what
0: yeah. yeah so it's like uh you know the the chibi like dumpling emoji with like big anime eyes and yeah that, that, that's like a living entity in the Marvel Universe and is a god.
1: So oh. That's canon now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, the dumplings have a god. Don- I don't know how else to explain it. Other Man,
3: that. this is like this stuff is getting nuts. With like, uh, Wand Division, just or not WandaVision, Division, uh, the into of the, the multiverse of madness or whatever it's called, dropping the fact that like dreams are you in another universe. Oh. Like they're just oh, yeah. they're just dropping all this stuff on us. Like all these yeah. revelations. It's just like by the way, this was true all <laughs> along, and it didn't affect anything prior to this. The the fact that the little cheap dumpling was a god didn't affect us before but now like it's just i don't know it feels like uh it feels like the the mcu is kind of like going down into and then storytelling where it's just like each movie a new director is like oh but what if i added this layer of nonsensical nonsense (laughs) like uh i mean it's just gonna get crazier and crazier
0: yeah. Yeah. another thing that I didn't even think of until just now is that if there's this world where all the gods live and visit frequently, like they're the God Vacation Planet or whatever, right. why is it that when Thanos showed up, why not go there? And you know, like that—that's a pretty big threat. Yeah. So go talk to the gods. And that's and- the
2: thing. That the Marvel Universe keeps expanding. There's a lot of like, but wait, why didn't they do this? And then, yeah. and I feel like yes, uh, any any story there has to be a little suspense of disbelief. But when it's jarring leaps in logic. Where people know people that can help, and they have powers that can help, and they just don't do it, and they've been brought up before, then everything just does start fe- feeling like disconnected. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm also just thinking it's like there has to be somewhere in the MCU prior to the multiverse of madness that somebody is like, I had a dream that this happened. And it's like, so that actually happened out in the multiverse, right? Like, that's that's the logic here. I don't know, it's just, it's stuff like that that just, it starts to make it harder and harder. Like, the MCU, even, even with, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, where there's, like, a human out in space and whatnot, it's like, okay, but it's largely still separate and Earth is still kind of its own little isolated bubble and everything, but now it just feels like everything's getting so tied together that inevitably you're going to end up with like forty different continuity errors per like scene. Yeah, it's just nuts.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it it does feel that way. It just kind of feels like it keeps unraveling. And also speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, they tried to kind of wedge Chris Pratt into this. Movie. Oh,
0: he was terrible in this. <laughs> I
1: didn't understand what was going on. That was another lesson that you're supposed to learn in this movie: is that it's better to have loved and lost than not love at all. And that was like Chris Pratt's whole thing, um, which was another it just watered like there were so many different like morals and like lessons and themes that it was just like i don't know what's going on here there's too much in
3: that. yeah yeah wait what is star lord's involvement in this because i know he's in the trailer but like they're all I... the,
0: the guardians of the galaxy are only in the very beginning and it's because end game uh left it off with thor taking joining the team basically so yeah. they had to like address that somehow and so they're just like in a battle with him in the very beginning and then they're like we're gonna take off now. And the reason they take off is because they hear they all hear about Gore and they're like, it'll be easier to find him if we split up. So Thor and Korg, you go to that planet and we'll go to this planet. And then the Guardians are just never mentioned or brought up ever again. Which by the way, if they split up, why only split up into
2: two teams? There's like seven of them. Split up into pairs of two each, you know, yeah. like- and, and not just that, I mean, they also their first priority after Endgame was finding Gamora. And it seems like all this time they've been just kind of fooling around, going on their adventures. Yeah. Then, and then, like, after this movie, then they're going to find Gamora. They but... talk, yeah, they briefly mention her and they talk
0: about her like she's dead. Yeah. So I, yeah. Which uh, I know she basically is, but like, you, you know what I mean. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Quick, we have to split up into teams that are convenient for Taika's writing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, not, it's very weird. It, uh, just like um, with the transition from ragnarok to infinity war for uh for thor's story being like a bit of a jarring thing where he's just like oh i have that missing eye but now i have a new one it's like this transition from end game to this is like oh by the way i'm just not hanging out with those people who i was going to hang out with it's very yep. weird to have like these decisions being made by one director in one movie and then just immediately nullified by another director and being like that's not what i wanted to write so bye yeah it's very strange
0: to be fair, to be fair, with the whole Guardians situation, what happened was that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was originally supposed to come out before this movie, uh. yeah. and, and then the whole controversy with James Gunn happened, and then it got delayed indefinitely because he kept getting fired and rehired, and gotcha. so originally Thor was supposed to be a side character in that movie, oh, okay. and then would have left, exited the story in that movie.
3: So uh, wait, so. is he going to be a side character in Guardians 3? No, now? No. Not, no, exactly. no, not
0: anymore, they've already confirmed
3: that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So wait, where is, what? what is
3: Thor, like, doing at the end he, of the movie?
0: It's implied that he's basically, like, just semi-retired now and raising uh, the bad guy's kid.
2: Oh. At the end of the movie. And at the beginning of the movie, he's just adventuring with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Just finding who he is, even though that has been his character arc in every single movie. Yeah. Every single <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um, and then he's kind of been leaving New Asgard, which is, like, all of the surviving Asgardians who now live in Norway. Yeah, They right. have their new town, and Valkyrie's basically the president, and he's kind of left all of the work for her to do, but he's yeah. still king, and he kind of comes and doesn't do anything. No, he's not
0: king. She's king. She's king, okay. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. He officially, at the end of Endgame, he passed it on there. Oh, that's right, that's right. Good, yeah, because
2: so, he yeah. just doesn't really do anything.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> he breaks their...
0: But what to Tom's point it goes against Ragnarok's implications of him basically replacing Odin
2: right right yeah no and and again it's just like yeah different directors are choosing to do different things things, yeah and like the advantage originally I feel of so many different uh, directors being with different Avenger movies is that each movie can feel like it had its own style. Mm. I think it's a bit harder when it's the same character that you start to change directors. And after doing it for so long, eventually, yeah, there, there will be things that just feel disconnected. Yeah. Um, and I think in more bad ways than good, the movies, the MCU starting to become more like the comics, where the comics are also like all over the place because you get new yes, writers yes. and new artists. All the time, and they—they're all supposed to be still the same hero. They—they have to have the same hero that just keeps changing over time, right? Um, And so, and also in the comics, like because there's so much going on, there's always like, you know, continuity errors and like you know, logic leaps. Exactly. So I feel like now the MCU is starting to become like that too.
0: Yeah, this Kevin Feige's whole like it's the comic books brought to life thing is starting to backfire on him.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's. It's a difficult way to tell stories. It's just kind of funny that like I obviously the the Star Wars sequel trilogy is like infamous for the weird infighting in the narrative between the directors. And it's like the MCU is starting to have that but times a billion.
0: Well, somebody made the point that up until Endgame, the reason MCU's Roses were red was because that the whole Infinity Saga was basically Marvel's equivalent of the original trilogy. Right. right. So they basically took what the original trilogy did and figured out how to stretch it across 23 movies. Yeah. But now, no matter how many, <laughs> eventually you could stretch that DNA so far, but eventually you're going to get to your sequel trilogy equivalent, which right, is yeah. where they're at now. and it's. Right. Just, <laughs> it becomes too self-re- self-referential and, you know, doesn't doesn't work.
2: Yeah, and honestly, I was kind of cynical even before Endgame came out. I said, once Endgame comes out, I'm like, this is the end of a generation. And I don't, I was saying to myself, I don't know where they can go with the series that could be satisfying, but I don't care because to me, like, this will always be, it's like their golden years, like Endgame yeah. and before. And even then, when it right. like, one, everything was perfect, but I still kind of enjoyed it. I looked forward to certain movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think it's, it's, kind of like they they would have had to really come up with like this is our next stage and I'm sure there's like Kevin Feige might have thought that he did this but it would have had to be like I have a clear ending in mind like just like with Endgame it was all building towards something and it doesn't but it doesn't feel that way it feels like he they're just Like, there might be a plan, but I have no idea what it is. There's a
0: loose plan with, yeah, yeah, the, you guys saw Loki, right? Remember the guy that showed up in the finale? Kang. Kang. he's supposed to be the new Thanos, and he's, like, multi-dimensional Thanos, so, like, that's what they're supposedly building up to. I think what really helped with uh, the old MCU was that they had the Infinity Stones, and it was, like, this really convenient MacGuffin that, like, tied all the stories together. Yeah. This doesn't have that. Like, there's No. no, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's also just hard for me to buy. Like, after a guy wipes out literally half of all life in the universe, for me to really jump on board with a story where it's like, believe it or not, there's actually a bigger threat. And it's like, no, I don't believe it. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. Yeah, <laughs> but you said believe it or not, and I just don't <laughs> like it's, it's. It's just like I have a really hard time. To- I mean, I I haven't watched Loki, uh, but. I just have this hard time wrapping my head around the fact that it's like, okay, so there's what a guy who's been behind it the whole time, Ooh, like what, like what, it, what is Kang really compared to Thanos? I don't know. Like it doesn't, it just it breaks my brain to even think about how he could be more dangerous.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I th- I think the idea is like, Kang, like, kind of was, but he's like the master of the multiverse, so like, mm-hmm. like he could like wipe out a universe or something i don't know but but i yeah i agree i I think it's like they're they're trying to make the theme the multiverse which is a very difficult theme because you're basically saying like oh the theme is everything yeah we can do whatever we want and then it just kind of feels all over the place Yeah. yeah and
2: for the multiverse being so important to this new phase this new stage of the mcu's life the biggest film the film that was supposed to be the most important i feel would have been Multiverse of madness because it is about the multiverse and had almost no multiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that should have
0: just been a simple, you know, Doctor Strange versus Scarlet Witch. Movie. Right, yeah.
2: exactly. So so honestly they've only mentioned the multiverse properly in Loki. Then they Well No Way Home. In that No Way Home, yeah. And then they explored it on like um on uh multiverse of madness, but we haven't had a chance to like really have a story that focuses on it in a way that, like, explores the lore thoroughly. That yeah. gives us a lot of, like, the rules about how it works. Yeah.
1: I learned more about the Marvel's version of the multiverse through the What If episode with Doctor Strange than yeah. I through any of the other.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Mandatory viewing. What? Yeah. <laughs> if? The cartoon show. <laughs> the yeah. cartoon show,
0: yeah. yeah. Nothing <laughs> against cartoons. I mean, I love animation, yeah. but yeah, it is bizarre that it's, like, one of the most. Important feeling things is the one animated thing in an otherwise live action franchise.
2: <laughs> yeah, eventually, on like a couple of faces, we'll just be like, "Oh, have you played the mobile game?" Because the mobile game has very important. <laughs> or, <canon>. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Even towards the end of the Infinity Saga, it was already starting to become like too prerequisite, like Infinity yeah. War. Yeah. You know, had like, it's a sequel to Civil War, but it's also a sequel to Ragnarok, but it's also a sequel to Black Panther. You know, like, it was like a sequel to like five different things at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah also,
3: I was going to say, I have the difficulty that like now, like it used to be, I think I watched the first Avengers movie without having seen, I think it was maybe like the first Thor or something. And it kind of made me interested to go back and watch that. Whereas now I have the difficult, the, the opposite problem is like, if I jump in and watch a random one, I'm like, Oh, I, I don't like, it, this wasn't like enjoyable enough for me to want to go back and see what led to this point. If I missed anything, yeah. I'm kind of just like, Ugh. Uh, like it feels like it's just kind of like, I don't know, lame, I guess for lack of a better term. Well, it uh, feels like
0: homework, you know? Yeah, yeah.
3: exactly. Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't, uh, like I'm 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 pushed away from watching things like Multiverse of Madison stuff cuz it's like I don't want to have to go watch all of WandaVision like to get the references it's like can I have a 10 minute YouTube video please or <laughs> <Yeah>. something <laughs> so it's it's sad that like this um this grand experiment with like interwoven storytelling and like uh movies that kind of like progressively build on each other like a house of cards like it's just like the whole theme of it has kind of become off-putting to me. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's starting to feel a little Kingdom Hearts-y. <laughs> <laughs> I, say that with, I say that with love because I uh, I in theory think that Kingdom Hearts would be fun to play, but I've, wa- I've tried to watch Ken play it and I have no idea. I've
2: tried to explain <laughs> it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's complicated. It's one of those things. Yeah, I agree. It's actually a good comparison because it makes sense, but you have to play Every single game, <laughs> and you can't skip any of them, they're all important, yeah. Um, and then that can be hard for new players to kind of like jump into, yeah.
0: Because even though the main game, the main newest one is Kingdom Hearts 3, it's really like the 10th, and it's like the 10th game, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then yeah. there's all those like
0: spin offs in between that, like you said, are important. And there's was one
1: like, called like Kingdom Hearts 41 and a half or something
2: 358 <laughs> days divided by two, <laughs> which maybe one day we <laughs> could have a, a separate podcast <laughs> on that, and I can explain. All the titles, yeah. Birth by Sleep. Fox. Yeah. three
3: hundred and fifty <laughs> days, days divided by, by two.
2: <laughs> and,
0: it's, and some of those games, it's like, were only ever released in Japan. Some of them were released only on the Game Boy Advance, which is
2: obsolete. You and know, and like... that's the problem, yeah, because some of them were, yeah, on the 3DS. Some of them were on the PSP. Some yeah. of them were, yeah, on, on the phone, PS2. Yeah, there was the mobile um, one, yeah. And all of these things made it very hard, even for a hardcore fan like myself, to keep up with. Yeah, um, And then that's kind of the thing that's going on with the MCU. If you start with the movies, sure we can do that. But then you have the TV shows, and then with yeah. the TV shows you have the live action series, and then the cartoon ones. <laughs> I think the timing was
0: also bad because right when they were getting to Phase Four and needed to prove that like they, yeah. they could they could continue the MCU post Infinity Saga. Yeah was also the same time when disney was launching their streaming service and when the streaming wars were starting to like really hit fever pitch and disney putting pressure on marvel like come on come on you got to give us shows as well you know the movies aren't good enough and aren't enough anymore you know like and i think that kind of like uh they stretched themselves too thin because of that Yeah. Um, yeah and i yeah go ahead
1: the shows have been decent though i think
0: so my opinion of the shows is that they've all been good with the exception of the finales of each show i think they've all had rushed
2: uh finales yeah, yeah i could see that I can yeah see yeah
0: that. The, every time i get to like i'm watching one of those shows as it's going on i'm like hey, yeah this is good but then whenever it gets to the final episode it like feels like the whole all the different story threads just like hit a brick wall yeah yeah
1: especially loki
0: yeah, yeah.
1: i was like what, what? Yeah. yeah like like this, <laughs> it just kind of ends like yeah it's just like oh giant reveal it's nothing like nothing else is resolved you guys yeah. know how
0: they say stephen king books have bad endings because stephen king doesn't uh plan things ahead of time he just makes it up as he goes right, along yeah. and then it hits a brick wall that's like what this is so yeah. like that yeah
2: yeah i think the problem with many of the tv series that is too is that um they try to be their own thing which which is great i think it's a step in the right direction but along the way there's a lot of cameos and there's a lot of references and they try to lean that on that as a crutch saying like oh for me to be a good series i need to bring a character from a previous movie or another show to kind of like be able to complete myself and be entertaining
0: yeah and fucking star wars is doing this shit too like when mandalorian showed up in the- <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: and important
0: plot points for the mandalorian happened yeah. in the boba fett show yeah <laughs> <laughs> literally all of mandalorian season two was undone in one boba fett episode
2: <laughs> so yeah and truly amazing yeah.
0: Storytelling.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then the few chances like in Thor um Love of Thunder, where other than the Girls of the Galaxy, it's supposed to be a mostly Thor story. Even yeah. when they they try to focus on that, then they can't even take their own like characters and stories like seriously. Yeah. So...
0: I feel like this movie has the up like Dark World, the second Thor movie, took itself too seriously, and then this one doesn't take itself seriously enough. It yeah. went it went the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, it's also kind of a confusing point about the MCU at this point phase uh, for me is remember when like the Sokovia Accords were like this huge deal and were kind of like the central themes of yeah, a lot yeah, of movies? Got dropped out of yeah. it Well, even forget that. I mean, I can kind of understand why the Sokovia Accords would fall out once you have like alien invasions wiping out half the, pl- the universe's population. But you know what's really confusing now is like uh, No Way Home set this, had like a pretty interesting plot in my opinion of like what is spider like peter one's obligation to villains of peter two and peter three's worlds which is like i think that's kind of like a fascinating thing but you know what's so strange is there as far as i know there hasn't been any like united nations meeting about like what do we do if a phanos is just running rampant in earth 112 like what do we do about him like wh- is that a risk to us like could he come over into our universe and try to beat us up like it's like yeah. it's weird how they they're adding all of this depth to the multiverse but it just kind of feels like it's like uh, an excuse to have Dr. Strange go to a world where uh, red lights are green lights and green lights are red lights instead of like the actual consequences of what that means to be fair know. though
0: in the main MC at least I don't think the general public is even aware of the multiverse yet I yes guess. yeah. Yes.
2: I think they've kind of restricted that to like uh Spider-Man uh Wanda and Dr. Strange and Loki. and Loki yeah and so like most okay. of the world kind of doesn't know about this um
0: but tom brings up a good point that eventually i feel like the general public will find out about this kind of stuff and then yeah how to do will they even address that you
2: know? yeah which starts bringing other questions to like all the way back to Guardians of Gardens the galaxy if people on earth start becoming aware that the Gardens were a thing and they knew there were very advanced civilizations in other planets that could even speak our own language why didn't the whole world start to try and make connections so they can start trading technology and advancing a society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, the the, the world is very big and there's not enough interaction sometimes or like
0: yeah.
2: the world itself society like doing something. It's just like they're in a vacuum the heroes are doing their own thing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. has like has earth even made like official contact with any other aliens in this like but they know about Thanos and stuff right. like everybody knows about the aliens, right? <laughs> like yeah, you kind of, it's you have kind of weird, right?
2: Yeah, you or, or
3: isn't there a whole show now going to be about how, how like the entire government is run by like alien infiltrators? Like, yeah. like a Secret Invasion, secret yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. Nick
0: Fury show that's yeah. coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like,
3: uh, if I guess something that was kind of neat about the earlier phases of the MCU was that it kind of felt like the world was reacting to what was going on, but mm-hmm. ever since the blip or whatever they call it happened it kind of feels like they've been trying to quietly brush away the idea that any of like anybody is reacting to this stuff because they've realized that the consequences of acknowledging that are just too severe like if you actually had the the world react to like you know there's a guy out there who belongs to some species or something who came here and killed half the population of the planet i feel like there would be some you know answers that need questions that need answers but it seems like they're kind of just like hiding that part of the world building now
0: yeah and to be fair it's weird because different projects do different things you know after the infinity saga like far from home tried to brush it under the rug as a joke like, yeah. and then everything went back to normal you know kind of, yeah but then falcon yep. of the winter soldier tries to act like oh no there were big repercussions yeah and, yeah and so like that also makes things confusing when like the level of seriousness varies from project to project and yeah so, yeah and the world building rules vary from project to project
2: yeah. yeah yeah like
0: what about
3: um like what about humanity trying to contact like Mantis's people and like drax's people and like yeah it was, like they know they're out there right i mean they they saw yeah. them fight on earth like yeah i guess it's weird because it feels like um the mcu is in this constant like go 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 expand 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 mode but it feels like the world's kind of shrinking a little bit in that regard
1: Yeah, because like, the like people n- the react like the humanness of it
3: yeah, like- yeah which was one of the coolest yeah, yeah. parts
0: i feel yeah yeah that's, yeah, it's, it doesn't feel lived in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as guardians are basically aliens, and humanity is at least aware of those. So, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah and also, just like, <laughs> I don't know, it's like we know an alien came down in a giant ring ship. Like, now humanity has proof that there are aliens out there. I mean, oh, I guess they knew that there were aliens out there after the attack on New York as well. It's like, shouldn't sure. there be more yeah. effort put into this of like contacting these people and saying like, Hey, why did you attack us?
0: Like
2: yeah. what's going on? Yeah.
0: Are we good? <laughs> yeah, realistically humanity
2: would be a lot more involved and a lot more reactionary to these things. Yeah yeah um and like even things like just the when wakanda opened up to the world and now there's been yeah. trade with all the countries why isn't now they're like vibranium trains everywhere you know kind of like his because the idea yeah. was that he was gonna help out like all the other countries by trading technology and knowledge and yeah and I, maybe it'll be exporting and in i was wakanda. about to say
0: yeah yeah the new one will probably touch on that i think it'll be a thing where like they will be like you know just because we opened ourselves up to the world doesn't mean we want to just give everybody vibranium, yeah. kind of thing, you know. I'm, we'll see. We'll see how they handle that. But, uh, but yeah, no, it, it, it all ties back to the old thing though about like this is becoming too much, like the comic books, and people forget just how fucked up comics are. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Like
2: the audience has to fill in the blanks in the world. Yeah. <laughs> or basically, translation: we need to create excuses for the MCU to yeah, yeah. kind of like work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It
1: was pretty the the movie. It was like, it was like, <laughs> yeah. to wa- like uh, I don't know, every all the CGI and stuff, like the big god temple thing, like I didn't, fa- like the whole entire like subplot of that completely fell flat, yeah but it was pretty to look at because it was like a paradise. Yeah. End, so,
2: I and, and I found it a cool stylistic choice when they go to the small moon and they start fighting and everything's black and white. Yeah, that yeah. was well done. Yeah, yeah that,
3: that looked cool done. in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna ask cool. about that. Uh, is that just like that is a unique location that has that effect, or yeah, it's
0: like a part, a small part of the universe, a little void in the universe where color doesn't exist. So oh, yeah. see,
3: I thought it was going to be something like. As a part of him becoming the God Butcher or whatever, like wherever gore goes, he like sucks the color out of places. Oh, that would have been cool.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, that's what I was kind of like hoping for. And then like, uh, whatever Thor's lightning bolt is like defiant of that energy or whatever, yeah. so it glows or whatever. But oh, uh, I mean that I mean, that's still cool. How was um? How was Christian Bale?
2: He was good. I liked it. I, I know about it. you guys. Yeah, I, I like him. He yeah. just didn't have a lot of chances to do anything with the character or yeah, It'd yeah, be yeah. Creepy. <laughs> he doesn't really
0: do much but he, but with the little bit they give him to work with i thought he did a good job yeah. yeah
2: yeah 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 i think there was this like very interesting like the whole movie is very like jokey and funny and then like all of a sudden like the asgardian children that get abducted by uh what's his name again gore 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 yeah are just like talking to each other saying like hey it's gonna be okay um Thor's gonna save us and he, his voice starts saying, like, oh, that's a funny story you're yeah. telling. <laughs> and he appears out of nowhere, and he's just, like, hooded and has yeah. shadows on his face. And it was this very strong horror moment in a non-horror uh, movie that I felt, like, showed that Christian Bale can really, like, play the character well. And yeah. had they just given him more screen time, he could have done more, maybe. I agree. Yeah.
1: they. I think the, the hardest part for me was that he... The, the setup... Like, the villain backstory was he did a good job because you basically watch him watch his daughter die and like have to bury her in the desert and then he like finds this oasis and there's a god there and he goes to the god like i've worshipped you my whole life i asked like i prayed to you i asked you to save my daughter's life and you didn't do anything and like the that he did a good job with that it was very emotional um but then the the guy that they had playing the god or maybe the, the way they were trying to write the god was so goofy and silly. Yeah, it really pulled
0: me out of it. it, Yeah, yeah, it
1: totally pulled me out. I was like, I was watching a movie about this guy who just lost his daughter, and now I'm watching a movie about a a god who's just, like, goofing around. Like, it was such a tone shift. Yeah. I was like, is this on purpose? Like, what is going on here? It's so weird.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, uh, the one complaint that I remember having about Ragnarok when I watched it was that it felt... It doesn't sound like it's, it sounds like it's as, uh, or it sounds like this movie is much worse with it, but I did find that when I was watching, like, the destruction of Asgard plot, cutting between that and the junk world where Thor gets sent, I did find that, like, it's not necessarily that it was, like, switching between, like, too dark and too jovial, but it was almost, like, switching between, like, tonally, like, straight-faced versus, like, tonally kind of like tongue in cheek and that felt a little strange in that movie but it sounds like that's like dialed up to like a billion in this movie where it's just like you literally have like at least in Ragnarok, it was two separate arcs, so you could kind of like separate I them in your mind. I think that's what helped, yeah, yeah. I think. That's Whereas what is, with in this, helped. it's like it literally sounds like there are two tones clashing in almost every scene. Basically, together.
0: yeah, because all those like destruction of Asgard scenes that you're talking about in Ragnarok, really, uh, what's his name, Heimdall, was basically the character in the... And he does pretty well with it, yeah. Right, like, right, right. So, yeah, yeah, but and they kind of try to repeat that again with Heimdall's son in this movie, who's named Axel Rose. I'm not even joking about that, Tom. His kid is actually named Axel Rose yeah. in this movie. Wow! <laughs> and um, <laughs> um, yeah, they they like having him be the center point of like the kids getting kidnapped, dark, and him being sort of the face and voice of that. But I don't know why it just didn't click the same way. Because he's just, I guess, no offense to the actor, but he's just some kid, and like yeah. kids just aren't as charismatic. You like, you can't
1: it's... give your whole like the, like oh the vibe of this whole movie rests on you kid like yeah <laughs> yeah it doesn't make any sense
0: the angle with the kids was weird and actually i was gonna bring this up before but whole- gore's whole point of kidnapping those kids was that he was trying to lure uh thor valkyrie and jane into a trap mm-hmm. because he wants to steal thor's axe because the axe has the power to get him to the to the magic realm where right, he can make yeah. a wish or whatever but like does he really need to go through the trouble of kidnapping a bunch of kids and luring them to this like faraway planet to do that like why can not he have just like, because they make it look like they cornered him in Asgard. So that's why he wanted to lure them away to a different planet. But, like, just you're just yeah. fighting them. You're doing the same thing you were doing in Asgard. So just yeah. keep fighting them in Asgard. Or new Asgard, whatever. Yeah. So, and not only that, but, like, didn't the didn't the heroes ever realize at any point during their big space adventure that they were walking into a trap? Because, like, yeah, no. <laughs> they, never, they never bring that up. That, like, hey, he's luring us into a trap, like, very clearly. Like, there's no yeah. other reason he would kidnap them. The kids, yeah,
2: and so, and so the plan, the original plan of like, okay, let's go get some more gods to kind of help out, uh, made it seem like they needed a lot of people to like really like the theme gore, and then that didn't work out. But then the backup plan was like, let's just steal the magic lightning bolt of Zeus. And I'm like, I it, it felt a bit weak because no one has ever mentioned Zeus before, no one has really mentioned how powerful this weapon is. So for them to be like, we now have the means to defeating gore because his lightning bolt for some reason is more powerful than the the mjolnir or the the axe hammer um well,
0: so, yeah and but that that also ties back into our problem of like in infinity war why didn't he just instead of going through the trouble of making a whole new weapon just say i'm gonna go to zeus Zeus, so i need an to an borrow his lightning, lightning bolt. bolt to fight thanos <laughs> <laughs> yeah All
1: yeah. yeah as soon as they realized they realized i think that the key is the ha- hammer
0: no, they realize it when they get to the black and white planet because well, Jane. There. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know why, but for some reason on the black and white planet there's hieroglyphics that's that straight up say the bifrost like will open the door to. Wait a minute, why why do the ancient hieroglyphics have the axe if if the axe didn't yes, exist until a few uh, years ago?
4: Yeah, yeah, fuck and it, this, yeah, not, yeah, this yeah, shit works. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if, if anything, if 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 the Bifrost was the key it would make more sense to abduct the son of Heimdall because he would have maybe had access to the Bifrost the same way that Handel was kind of like the guardian of the Bifrost or something. Yeah, uh, But no, it was all dependent on the axe, which, by the way, was a character in this movie. Yeah, the axe uh, has a living personality. <laughs> the axe movie. gets jealous because when Jane comes back, she fixes the Mjolnir, Mjolnir yeah. and then uh, Thor is kind of jealous that not only his ex is back, but is hanging out with his other ex, his first weapon. And then the axe gets kind of malfunctioning and doesn't work the Bifrost properly because he's jealous and mad at Thor. And so Thor spends the movie kind of just being like, hey, it's okay. That, that hammer is my axe. You're my new partner in, like, mm-hmm. fighting. Don't worry. Don't be jealous. And it's just a weird plot line to follow.
3: <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I... There's a part of me here that thinks you're pranking me. No, <laughs> <laughs> He's not bullshitting you at all. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Wait, so Stormbreaker? That's his name? Stormbreaker? Yeah, yeah, Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker? Stormbreaker has a personality? Yes.
1: They show that... it through, like, he... It kind of uses his axe head as, like, a head, so it, he kind of, like, turns slightly. Yeah, it floats he, around on its own now. Yeah, it yeah. Floats, he kind of floats around on his own and kind of like goes up to thor slowly and then thor it's you mostly get the story from like thor being like oh don't be jealous or whatever but yeah it, it is yeah and yeah Mjolnir. so
3: stormbreaker just d- dropped this on thor somewhere off screen between endgame and and this movie and didn't ever show its personality in infinity war or endgame <laughs> Guess so. I guess yeah. I guess it (laughs) didn't. I guess it was just shy. Yeah. (laughs) Until it murdered Thanos, and it's like, okay, I'm good. I understand what my role is. Yeah. Oh wow, this sounds very bad. Yeah, it's not good. Wait, uh, how about Korg? I've heard people say Korg is obnoxious. What's everybody's take on Korg?
2: Honestly, uh, to me, he wasn't very memorable in this movie, as much as he was memorable in Ragnarok. Yeah. Okay. But he wasn't. But he wasn't obnoxious. I don't think. I don't think obnoxious. Just mm-hmm. he was just there. Yeah. The neutral. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I like. I thought his, his some of his jokes were the only ones that landed for me. Personally, I I forget what they were, but I remember thinking like, oh, thank goodness for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, okay. Gotcha. Played by the director. Yeah. 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 Director. I did not know that. That's yeah. So funny.
1: Maybe that's why. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard people say that like he's narrating too much or whatever. So,
0: Well, he is the narrator of the movie. Um,
3: okay.
0: Yeah. But I, I didn't feel like too much. To no, the I, narration didn't
2: yeah, I don't think anything bad or good. It was just there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess I kind of liked the part where, uh, spoiler alert, his body blows up and all that's left is his head. And for a while in the movie, he needs time to regrow his body. So yeah. For- and he's like, it turns out the only living part of my species is the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so con- he he straight up says, so it's convenient that only my body blew up and not my head. <laughs> yeah. <something> like <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know why that happened though. I they thought they- Ze- didn't
0: Zeus zap him or something? Yeah. But yeah. I thought
1: it was like uh, like a weird thing to try to like. Have, like, have an
2: emotional death in the
1: middle yeah. of a funny scene, yeah, exactly.
0: aka
2: the problem of this whole movie. I, yeah. I think also they wanted to get rid of him, so in the final battle they would be they, people wouldn't be asking, why isn't he helping And The answer, yeah. I guess, is, oh, his body's broken, so he can't.
0: Speaking of which, Honest Trailers brought up a good point that earlier in the movie, Valkyrie says, like, I want to die in battle so that I could go to Valhalla like a true Viking, but then later in the movie she's like, ah,
2: I don't want to go to the battle, I might die.
0: And then yeah. she just stays there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because they kind of subvert your expectations a little bit because I believe they give the lightning bolt to Valkyrie to fight. Yeah. And then once she checks uh, out of the story, checks out, she's like, Thor, do you want it? Sure. And then like he just uses it.
0: Actually, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Okay, so yeah, in the final battle, Thor is using the lightning bolt. Axel Rose is using Stormbreaker, and Jane is using Mjolnir. I can't mm-hmm. believe I just said yeah. that out loud. Axel yeah, Rose is Axel, a character. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the real Axel was watching this movie, and I was like, the fuck?
2: <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and So the final battle, they tried to make this interesting twist where now that Thor is wiser, more powerful like Odin, he can enchant um, Stormbreaker to shared his Thor power with all of the children that were abducted. And so all of the children all of a sudden like have their eyes glow. And there's this girl and like whatever they hold becomes like very powerful. Like if they're holding a stick, it's kind of like having Mjolnir. And then this other girl holds like her her bunny uh plushie and then yeah, the bunny's the the a weapon yeah the lasers, eyes. Yeah. and it's all supposed to I guess mean that like the sometimes they're strengthening numbers or something. But I, I just didn't feel that connection between Thor and the children. Um, and it didn't, I didn't think of it as ingenious. I just thought that, like, oh, they're just having children fight in this battle, okay. Well, not only
0: that, but the fighting itself didn't bother me so much, or like the thing with the plushie turning into a weapon. But just the whole thing about how all of a sudden Thor has the power to temporarily give other people his own powers why didn't he ever do that before?
2: Yeah, and it, it's interesting that he, he does that without weakening himself, so yeah. there is no there's no Downside. Power yeah. Allies.
0: yeah. Yeah. So wait, does Gore
3: get beaten to death with a rabbit plushie?
2: <laughs> wait, what?
0: Yeah, I forget. What was Gore? Was it Mionir? What What was Gorg's fatal injury? That because I, I just remember that all of a sudden he was mortally wounded. I, I,
2: don't do, I actually don't remember what killed him. <laughs> was it Axel with Storm? Did Axel
0: Rose hit him with a guitar? I, <laughs> I think I, I think Axel a Rose threw Stormbreaker at him. Yeah. I thought it was.
1: Ta- I thought it was time. Ta- I thought it. I thought it he only had a certain amount of time left because the sword was ki- the. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There. His his sword that gives him powers is killing him slowly, just like how yeah. Mjolnir yeah. is killing Jane slowly, or so, or increasing her cancer or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
3: Wait, Mjolnir gives people cancer? <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: Jane already had cancer, but for some reason, Mjolnir, even though it, it makes her powerful, it also, in her human form, it accelerates
2: the cancer. Yeah, which they didn't spend too much time explaining it because, again, cancer is a joke. But in the comics, I think (laughs) think the idea, I might be wrong, is that she was actually healing. She was in remission with her cancer. And when she takes the hammer and makes her all-powerful, the hammer heals her body. But the hammer, because it's just mystical, the cancer is technically part of her body. So it heals her cancer. So her cancer keeps getting worse every time she uses it. So the more Thor she goes the more the closer she is to dying huh. uh, but she keeps doing it to kind of like fight crime or whatever um, but i thought i thought that was interesting because cancer is kind of just um an extension of herself it's your body that like mutated yeah. without control and like right it, there's no quote, unquote, healing it because it's it's it thinks it's part of you yeah, so yeah. if you were to magically heal it it would just grow <laughs> right 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 yeah yeah so wait, that's
3: how it worked in the comics you said Ken.
2: Yeah, I believe so. I, I okay. Yeah,
3: yeah, I kind of like that. I, I yeah, think that's that a
0: neat little actually I wish balance. the movie would have explained that a little better because, yeah, that, that makes it sound really interesting, actually. Yeah. yeah.
2: But no, here it just kind of weakens her. And
0: yeah. Or that's probably what they meant to explain it as, but it's just the movie didn't have time. You see, usually this movie's only two hours long, and lately the Marvel movies have <laughs> only. <to fall>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Usually I like when movies are two hours instead of like two and a half hours or three hours, like Eternals and yeah. shit, because, like, you know you you want you don't want to waste the audience's time but like this movie a lot of things just move too fast because there's already 10 different things that we brought up here it's like i don't know the movie didn't explain it went too fast you know yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: so like, uh yeah. speaking of something that it didn't explain uh or at least that i don't know so when and why did jane become thor because
1: um... I,
3: that
1: was like part of the thing that I maybe feel like this movie is just way too much going on because they spend like 20 minutes on the guardians of the galaxy stuff. And then they kind of cut to Jane and she's got cancer. And then she reads something in a book about how Mjolnir brings you health or something. And so she goes to the hammer, uh, like where it's like shattered. And because of a a reason we don't ever find out, (laughs) (laughs) the hammer like reads, arranges itself and heals itself. I think the explanation for, for that
0: her. was supposed to be back when they were dating and they got drunk at a Halloween party, Thor whispered to Mionir, if anything happens to Jane, take care of her. So Mionir has a personality oh. now too. <laughs> there
2: you go. Right. So <laughs> so it's interesting though, because then that was apparently became a magical spell where it says like yeah, Mionir wants to protect Jane and that's why it fixed itself and uh you know now turns her to Thor. But Doesn't Mjolnir also care about Thor? Yeah, I was going to say, Mjolnir doesn't want to protect Thor? Thor? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Say that again, Tom?
3: I was going to say, Mjolnir, so that that seems to imply that Mjolnir doesn't want to protect Thor, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just was like, oh, you got, you'll figure it out, man. Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) You'll get a
2: new girlfriend. a new
1: ex. (laughs) Jane, like, we don't see anything after the Hammer reforms until a middle of a battle scene. Jane is fully trained. She knows how to fight. She's got her armor. She's got her like outfit and everything. And it's like, how much time has passed? I I was just lost. I was like, is this a time jump or is this?
0: Uh, yeah. I think because as all that was happening as she, cause it does kind of skip over her Thor origin is because isn't Thor still like out with the guardians of the galaxy at that time. That, yeah. I think that's the biggest problem that derailed this whole thing is the fact that this movie was forced to address that whole Guardians of the Galaxy team-up thing mm-hmm. from Endgame. And it's this movie either needed to do three different things. It either needed to, like, lean into that and really make the Guardians part of the movie for real, mm-hmm. or it needed to, like, really reduce that down to just narration or one scene of just, yeah. like... Or it needed to... Um, or be longer. I, I, I hate to longer, say that, yeah. but, yeah. Or just be a longer I, movie, Because yeah. there's too many characters. Even yeah. the weapons are characters. Yeah, so, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs>
2: And, and it's kind of sad because I would even say part of the solution would be to kind of not have Jane Foster because the thing it was supposed to be a big part of the promotional material. Like there's a new Thor. It's like the mighty Thor. But I, I personally felt she didn't add much to the story. She kind of came in, uh, was there to kind of give emotional support to Thor and like inspire him. And then she kind of dies. Um Whereas they could have, like, either leaned more into her character and how she's different from Thor and maybe can do better than Thor in some ways. Or maybe because she's so new, she still needs to learn a lot more things and Thor can be a sort of mentor. Um, but they have that while also trying to make it a story that, like, Thor becomes a new dad. So they, they had to pick and choose something, but they just said, like, let's just choose all of it. And yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. so... Cause it's playing
0: on the, the whole idea is that love like romantic love and familial love, but I think they needed to pick one or the other. I understand that like they were trying to use love in a general blanket term sense to like thematically tie all this together. But I really do think that that's what also part of what created the too much going on problem in this movie.
2: Yeah. And and like, you could have then had it be like a beautiful, like each Thor movie has a theme, like maybe the first movies, a lot about like the love between brothers or the second movie is about the love. Romantic love. Third movie is the love of a father. Fourth movie is the love to its people or some child. Yeah, Yeah.
0: maybe because, like you said, they already did the romantic love thing in Dark World. I know it didn't work, but they did it already. Trying to do it again in this movie, but funnier, it was not a good idea in hindsight. Maybe they really should have just focused on the family angle stuff, like really... Like the Guardians movies do. Right, yeah, right.
2: Yeah. And, and it's also interesting because usually when you bring in a new character, I know Jane's not new, but new as a Thor yeah, active yeah. combatant character, the idea is that they're going to be taking over. It's the same idea why like Hawkeye had his, his partner. The, um, the
0: whole Phase know, 4 I mean, thing has been all about it, protégés right? And stuff,
2: protégés yeah. are bringing in new people, but yeah. then she comes in just to die just after. Just to die, uh, yeah, And I'm sure they will bring her back somehow, but it, it felt weird for the first movie for her to be introduced and then be killed off
0: maybe she needed her own separate movie or something she probably did yeah yeah. (laughs) if you really are going to go through the trouble of bringing natalie portman back which in hindsight i don't even know if that was worth it yeah Yeah.
1: it was weird i was like what is going on it kind of i don't know anything about natalie portman i'm sure she's a lovely person but it kind of made me judge her because i was like so you didn't want to be part of the mcu when you thought superhero movies were lame but now that you know superhero movies are not lame
4: and, and you cool can now. be
1: one <laughs> you, and you can be a superhero so you're gonna do it but now you're gonna just leave again i was like what is going on with you yeah
0: <laughs> i've always gotten weird vibes from her just the other day i found an old interview of her from like i think it was during the prequel trilogy or shortly after the prequel trilogy of star wars where conan o'brien was asking her like so would you ever go to those like star wars conventions and she was like Eh, if they pay me a lot of money, I'll go. But otherwise than that, I don't want to be there with those nerds. Whoa! <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah. The
2: people who are making you famous right now. Help your career.
0: <laughs> and maybe she was trying to say it like a joke, but it yeah. didn't come across that way. I was like, nah, she she was being for real there.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, it, it, part of the problem is it, it ties to production. Kind of what we're talking about. Um, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy 3 having to have come before, but it didn't. And then uh, Natalie Portman kind of leaving in Thor Ragnarok for whatever reason, and then now decided that like, fine, it's you can come back. You have to start filling in this gap. So the movie's already dragged down before the event starts because yeah. you need to like make up for that those problems. Right, right.
0: Or my theory when I first heard about this movie was that because I knew that Sif was also coming back, was that they were going to bring back that subplot of Thor and Sif potentially being love interests and that this was going to be all about romantic love, not family love. And it would end with like, when she's dying, she like almost kind of get a store permission to like move on to Sif. Cause I knew that they were going to, you know, like retroactively. Oh yeah. They made a big deal about, it. Oh, by the way, we're going to confirm that Valkyrie's a lesbian in this movie, but they only like barely mentioned it. Yeah. With like one line of dialogue. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. Which is so that they could cut it out for the international screenings because Disney... Is, oh,
2: boy, you're right. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like, yeah, because also gets like a boyfriend, but it's like a one-second scene that they can probably just cut thing. off if they yeah. wanted to It's the same
0: market. reason why, because apparently Multiverse of Madness and a lot of the international screenings, they cut out the scene where you see that the girl's parents are, are two mothers. Oh, boy, uh, that's... Disney's it's progressive, convenient. but only when it's convenient for them. Only when it's convenient. <laughs> I'm yes. sorry. I know I'm being a dick, but I know that a lot of these things. No, are no
2: like it, it is true. Concern. It's just yeah. like they—they they kind of try to market themselves as being a progressive and like all accepting, and in some sense, sometimes they, they are. But then the moment that it's like, well, it'll cost us a buck, then like, yeah, we, we we can't show it. We're not actually like that. Yeah, yeah.
3: Black Panther, put your mask on. Put Damn, your metal mask- on. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's
0: pretty really bad. Yeah, that's, that,
2: that's messed up. I remember
0: for Star Wars, it would have been on the posters. They minimized they him his, down. Yeah, they swung them. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, Black Panther had to wear his mask for the posters. Uh, <laughs>
0: everyone wants that China money. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, China gave us a virus and ruined the world. No, I'm sorry. No. I'm, getting, I'm getting too political. <laughs>
3: are are we cynical about Disney's politics? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: I thought it was also weird that the movie is called Love and Thunder. And the concept of love and thunder, because the kid's name is Love that he ends up raising. Yeah. Is introduced in the last twenty seconds. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's the title. <laughs> like I feel like the title it should that should have been the title of the next movie about them as a team. Yeah, oh, yeah.
3: yeah, that would have made sense.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It, it's sad because I personally really like Ragnarok overall. It's not perfect, but I liked Ragnarok. Yep. And they one. just did the problem with sequels, and they just said let's dial everything up to eleven. Yeah, um, and part of the reason why I liked Ragnarok was uh, the strong theme of familial ties. You you have. Thor hanging out with um with Loki, mm-hmm. and he has that big scene with his father Odin at the beginning, and then the main villain is his sister. So to begin with, you have a strong cast of characters. Um, and then this whole idea of like, I want you Odin wants him wants Thor to be better. He doesn't want him to become Odin, he wants him to be better. Um, and all of those things together make me feel like okay, Thor is going through this arc and the final lesson you don't just get it at the end but you get it throughout the movie and then it hits you at the end this movie like Shalom was saying just kind of like at the end it's like he has a daughter and that was kind of really important to this movie but it just happened in the last 20 minutes and I'm like okay (laughs) yeah so there's very little holding the movie together um, from beginning to end so it's almost like if you just take the beginning and the end you kind of get what they're going for and then in the middle it's just filler
0: yeah yeah, it's a good way of putting it. Like the whole visiting Russell Crowe's planet and stuff really did feel like a, DV, a
2: detour. Yeah, yeah, side mission.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: It sounds like I didn't miss anything by not watching this.
2: No. I wouldn't say so. Yeah, yeah no, no. I, am not gonna encourage anyone to be like, you have to watch it.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah.
3: I wonder if there's gonna be a Thor or five.
2: I don't know, because Taika Waititi
0: already is overloading himself with so many other projects, like his Star Wars movie that might happen or might not. Probably yeah. not now. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> multiple Willy Wonka movies. <laughs> uh, Live-action Akira is apparently a thing. Uh, Flash Gordon reboot. Oh, uh, he's, he's attached to direct all these. That's that's probably another reason why this movie was rushed, because he knows he has all these other projects coming kind of <laughs> up. He <just laughs> give a fuck. Yeah.
1: I don't... I, wait, Ta... Taika Waititi and Willy Wonka, that is yeah. a combination of weird things. So, like-
0: yeah, <laughs> there's three Wonka movies being made right now. One of them is a live-action Willy Wonka origin movie. That one he has nothing to do with, but then there's an they're doing an animated remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That, he's doing that, and he's also doing an animated movie that's just about the Oompa Loompas. What?! Yeah, we're getting an Oompa Loompa movie. Just
2: because it works for minions doesn't mean that. Yeah. Nice.
0: <laughs> Loompas is the new minions. Well the minions are yellow. Yeah, that's yeah. all it's just gonna be orange minions. Yeah, a, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. But like
2: but like minions have brand recognition. No one cares about the Umpalompas. Yeah.
0: I mean well <laughs> people, people know who they are. They know who
2: they are, but I don't know if they were want to watch them yeah. <laughs>
0: it also depends which version of the oompa loompas they do do they do i'm assuming they're going to be it's the orange oompa loompas with green hair from the old movie or is it going to be those newer oompa loompas <laughs> that were like all one guy
1: <laughs> i cannot picture in my head any of this especially <laughs> the animated charlie and the chocolate factory i'm just I know oh, we've yeah. seen that story so many, times, so many
0: times. Yeah. And it's not even, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was my favorite movie when I was a little kid and all that, but like the the old old one, but um it, it's not like a very deep story. It's no. just a very simple children's book.
2: It yeah. Is. It really is. Yeah. The
1: lesson is don't be a dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's not much more you can do Mike with that. a chocolate factory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. But on that note, maybe it's a good time to start shifting towards the better movie. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> Okay, uh, in that case, Tom, you have seen this one. Uh, I have. I guess we'll start with you. Are you cynical about Top Gun Maverick?
3: Um, No, no, I, re- I really like this movie. Uh, uh, I think that it is basically exactly what it pitches itself as and gives you exactly that and maybe a little bit more. Um, and the only thing that I guess I would possibly say that I'm cynical about is that I've already heard people talking about like, oh, we need another Top Gun, and I'm like, no, no, no. This movie yeah. was perfect because there were 35 years between it
0: and its predecessor, yeah, and well, this I
3: is hate. a movie that we need once every four decades.
0: I hate to be uh, the bear of bad news, but Top Gun: Rooster is already in d- discussion with oh, the studio. <laughs> yeah, oh, Rooster. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> um. So I mean, it, my my cynicism has more to do with the surrounding reception of it and inevitable push for it to get 18 sequels within four years as opposed to the movie itself I think that the movie is basically
0: uh, exactly
3: what it should be
2: yeah
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, it made $1.7 billion so you can bet your, and it's like now the sixth highest grossing movie of all time or something so you yeah. can bet your ass it's going to be Top Gun Rooster Top Gun Hangman, Top Gun Bob Top Gun all of them yeah. Top Gun Bob <laughs> Top Gun Jennifer Connolly's character
2: <laughs> It's funny because I, I personally yeah, I, I'm not cynical about it at all I, I loved the movie, I thought it was really good It's probably one of my favorite films of, of the year uh, and I have to say, I personally think it's a better movie overall, not just as a sequel, but just a better movie by itself than the original Top Gun mm, personally yeah. And, and, and to be fair, part of the reason why it I feel like it's so much better is because originally <laughs> as someone who didn't grow up here in the US and um, hearing about like Top Gun being a classic, I always thought it was a movie about like you know, dog fights, about people flying in planes, shooting each other, there being a war. And sure, there are planes, but it is basically a school drama yeah. in, in Miramar uh, with beach scenes. Yeah, It was it was basically,
0: yeah, just just that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the aerial combat in this movie was a lot more compelling too. Like the training sequences and then also the big climatic battle at the end. Um, yeah. yeah.
2: And, and it, it's nice because you get the stakes. It, it's This movie is all about the execution. They're very clear about what the... Goal of the pilots is they need to go into this base. They need to like uh, blow up this uh, this like nuclear armament, um, and the whole movie is about getting ready for that. So you from beginning to end you kind of know what's at stake, what they're trying to do, and in between those moments you get this the small emotional quieter moments where each character gets to reflect or or kind of show what matters to them personally, um, and then all of this builds up towards the climatic end that I think it does pay off. You know, it's, it's a whole mission where you've been seeing the simulation throughout the movie and then you actually see it happen and you're tense because you feel like you want it to go as they planned. And then when it starts not doing that um, and you've been explained like what are G-forces, what it means to be flying inverted, and what it means to have someone on your tail, then you know what the, that the dangers are real. So I, I thought the movie did a very good job about setting everything up from emotional stakes to the way the mission works to just just the payoff of what it should be, um, in a way that like everyone can appreciate.
1: Yeah. yeah. I I as somebody who doesn't usually like action movies, and as someone who like is I I mean like I'm a I'm a girl. <laughs> like yeah. I like very girly movies most of the time. Like my favorite <laughs> is usually rom-coms. And so I was not expecting to like this movie. Like when I saw Top Gun, I was like, oh okay, I can like that. I can see why that was like a cultural, you know, phenomenon it was like a a thing and um and then but then when I saw this movie I was like that was good movie (laughs) like I think it's just a a good it's good storytelling um it I the reason one of the reasons I don't usually like action movies is because it's just a bunch of like explosions and fights and you never really know what's going on and they're like there's stakes I guess but like no one really cares about the stakes because you know the bad guy is just gonna like blow past them anyways um, but in this one, it was very, like, like, I think after the movie, I said, like, I, I didn't expect this movie to be about airplanes. <laughs> it actually was, like, this is a, this is a movie about airplanes, about how they work, about how, like, the, like, you're doing, you're focusing on one mission. These are the stakes. They're very clear. And it's very clear that they're, the stakes are also really high. You see them training for this one mission. You see how hard it is for them to, like, even, Navigate a, a trial path, um, so I it like got me invested in all these things that I usually I usually don't care about, like the specifications of a certain type of airplane or something. But I actually was invested in like, no, you got to take that airplane because it's not you know fast enough or whatever. Um, the, yeah it was a very good movie.
0: very good point and i think a big part of that is that when they did the first one i don't think tom cruise knew how to fly yet i think yeah. that that was before he knew anything about right. stuff. where he's over these last 35 years he's become like a full-blown like he has a plane license, a helicopter license. He could flip a helicopter over on himself.
2: Yep. You know, like, he knows he knows this shit.
0: And so, like, yeah, I think he really, his passion really influenced the screenplay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, like, you, you even see that in the opening of the movie. The opening of the movie being that, like, he goes and, like, works on, like, a small propeller plane um, before he's being called, like, hey, um, you know, you were supposed to go in that supersonic uh, jet. Um, it's canceled. That plane he was working on in the beginning is his personal plane. Oh, oh, I didn't cool. know that. The movie, cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And, and I thought Tom Cruise as an actor was really, not only was his acting great, I also was worried that this movie, um, being a sequel to Top Gun, which was about kind of glorifying him as a character, and that, well, being part of the story, and Tom Cruise being this very big A-lister kind of like actor, that it was going to feel a little like Mary Sue, kind of like, oh, everyone loves him. He's the best. He's the only person that can fix the issue. Um, and the thing is, he comes across as confident, but honestly I also felt like as humbled. He has some failures that still haunt him. Um, he, the movie's not afraid to like make fun of that. He's kind of like older and like he's maybe past his prime. Um, and that maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, and he's confident and shows that he knows what he's doing but it didn't come off as in like an arrogant way. It came off as kind of like I am a seasoned veteran and I want you children to succeed in your mission, which I thought was a very like a uh, good way to bring that into the story. Like not just have someone fix all your issues and be the center of attention but being like he's a mentor. He's not your solution or your deus ex machina. He's your mentor. He's going to he's here to guide you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that that sense of humility was helped by the fact that he kept getting fired or almost fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People really didn't like him. People in yeah. charge are trying to actually manage a project like normal, sane humans. Yeah. Like I think John, John Hamm's character. Cyclone. Was like, yeah. I like
0: yeah, him. Yeah.
1: And like, you're kind of, you're on their side. Like you under, not, I don't no, know I their side, but you understand where they're coming you from. You definitely yeah. understand where you're coming, where they're coming from. Cause like at the beginning of the movie, one of the first things that Maverick does is waste, like, what was it, like 10 million dollars yeah. by this plane.
0: <laughs> I love that sequence. That was beautifully I love it. shot. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was beautifully shot, but you're, you're also just kind of like, Maverick. what are you doing? Because
0: yeah. he, he yeah. had proved to them, like, look, I can do 9Gs or whatever, and then he's like, no, let's go further. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and I, I thought that was great, too. We were just talking in Thor how, like, comedy just feels, like, out of place. But here, they knew exactly when to use it. Like, you could feel a stick sometimes, like, okay, he needs to take this, uh, this airplane to, at Mach 10, uh, just to be able to keep these people's jobs, so they said there is a future of people still flying planes. Uh, and then he's like, he does it, but he's Maverick. So he's like, let me push it a little bit harder. And people seem like think they're like, I, I heard people laughing, saying, like, oh, this guy, like, he accomplished what he needed, but he he just wants to have a good time. And it, it's such a, a bad time to do it. But <laughs> in the moment, it seems like, oh, it's not going to hurt anyone. And then yeah. he ends up destroying the plane, uh, which which I, I did find funny. Um, but oh, like, yeah,
0: when... then I like when he showed up in the small town and like walked into the diner <laughs> or whatever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And then, like, but then at the ending, when everyone's life is actually at stake, there are no jokes. Yeah. Like, in no moment does yeah. anyone crack a joke or, yeah. or laugh it off. Like, they're all tense because they feel they can die. Yeah. And so the movie knows when to like bring some levity and like niceness to like a scene by just adding comedy and want to be like, okay, no, this is a serious moment and yeah. we need to take it that way. Yeah.
1: Except there, there was a little bit of, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Comedic relief when uh, they they land in the middle of the woods. It's just maverick. And they
3: find each other, yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah.
1: like, like okay I was going you after heard? you,
0: and you were going after... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But that was more comedic in like a meta way, like comedic for the audience, but not necessarily comedic for the characters in the story. Yeah, because they're like,
1: generally they're genuinely angry. Yeah, each other. yeah, yeah. It, it right. Just, it was it was welcome comedic relief.
2: Really, yeah, know. and it was in like a forest when they were already outside of the sides of the enemy, so you could have like maybe a small second of peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it was, broke
3: the tension a little bit because like Maverick just almost got like gunned down by a helicopter, so it's like yeah, yeah. it's like the little moment where it's like, all right, it's we're safe for now. Yeah, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and we, we had mentioned earlier the cinematography. I love the cinematography. Yeah, Every shot, movie, yeah, yeah. you know, from inside the cockpits of the planes, from out, from the wings of the planes, to showing the sea, to when they're flying the supersonic jet, and they're just showing the sunset above the that line full of, like, clouds.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Every shot just felt like you had really good sense of, like, where they were located, what was happening, and what was people's perspectives. So, like, when you're flying... Uh, when they're flying very fast through some of the ridges, you know, they show the character very up close and you can see their eyes widen because they're stressed. And, like, the camera is turning as the planes are turning, too. So you feel that sense of movement. But when you want to show that um, they're being chased by other planes, they take shots from far away and you can see, you know, how close the other planes are, are tailing them. So it had very good control of, like, scenery, mm-hmm. um, which it just helped me, like, enjoy everything.
1: Yeah. And speaking of the enemy planes, which I I thought it was interesting that it was called The Enemy. I thought that was very clever. (laughs) Like, I thought, I was like, when I noticed that, I was like, that is a good... I
0: agree, but (laughs) I heard a rumor that it was because when they originally shot the movie, the enemy was Russia. And then I think uh, during uh, COVID, like, tensions with Russia in real life increased. So I guess to avoid, like, uh, being too close, hitting too close to home, they did some quick reshoots and rebranded Russia as the enemy. But I don't know if that... Regardless of whether that's true or not, I agree with you, though, that, like, it, it worked very effectively in the movie. Yeah,
1: because yeah, it, it's still, I was still, like, you have all the same feelings that you normally have when you're at war with another country. You're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want this to be a war, but, like, I care. I'm, I'm like, invested in I believe that that enemy was real. Even yeah. though they didn't name them, I thought it that or it even still... show their
0: faces. And that mm-hmm. actually, yeah, sometimes it's one of those like less is more type things, you know. Yeah. 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 See, this is the point where I think
3: I'm going to agree to disagree. So I was actually talking to a coworker about this where like it's kind of becoming weird when you now see references to like COVID in movies and whatnot. And I was actually citing this as an example where it's like it's almost too non specific for me. Um I saw, uh, like, Conan O'Brien does, like, a podcast now, and he was making the joke of, like, why was the enemy in Top Gun, Maverick, Vermont? (laughs) uh, I was actually going to say that, like, no, I'll I'll, I'll put this out. It didn't bring me out of the movie at all. Like, it didn't, I wasn't, like, looking at the screen saying, like, this is the stupidest crap ever or whatever. But there was this part of me in the back of my mind where I was just, like, who is this rogue state who has nukes and fighters that are better than uh like who uh, like who is doing this who's the mastermind Mm. but like i understand why it it is smarter to leave it out but it was it was a little distracting to me it was it was like a little bit of like a well but how like how did we not know about this like who is doing this like is no other country responding to this like i guess it, it was a little strange to me but it wasn't it wasn't a deal breaker
1: yeah. ken was joking that maybe it's canada
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> vermont or canada yeah yeah
2: Yeah, um, and I have to agree with you. I do think that to some extent it is weird for a movie that focuses so much on specifications of planes on like the details about the movie and how everything has to be complete that not only do we not know who the enemy is, but we also don't know the political state of the world. Because I think that it wasn't even specifically addressed that it was a nuclear armament. It was just nuclear material. It was uranium, that, yeah. Or right, that could have even been just being used to create nuclear power plants for renewable energy sources. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. for as far as the far as point yeah. they just fly in and destroy this uranium in a completely foreign country. Yeah. Like, you know, like, to what we might know, like, maybe it was even unprovoked, you know, like, what what yeah. is this? But I do think that, like, um, because it could be such a, Not just a can of worms, but so much to explore the political state in which why they're fighting, why they have to like be the ones to strike first, um, who the enemy is. That all of that would have detracted them from the more emotional side of the movie. They had to pick and choose. Yeah, I agree that. And they, yeah. they and they did pick and choose. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm glad they did because yeah, was, it was like, it was a
3: smart choice. It was just like for me, like if you watch the original Top Gun, it's like you immediately know it's like okay, this is the Cold War. They've had it's yeah. Migs versus F14s. We get it. Like it's the classic 80s showdown. But like it, it, in this one, it was just kind of it. It was more. I don't even know if it was like uh, if if it was like bad to me so much as it was amusing. It almost felt like a video game where it was just like <laughs> the enemy is on approach and like yeah, the enemy easy. is in hold, and you're like, oh no, not the enemy! I, I hate those guys. <laughs> <laughs> they
2: have level six uh, fighter jets. You know, we only have level five fighter jets. I don't know if we can do this.
3: <laughs> yeah, so it was it was it was pretty amusing. Also. Holy crap! Does that the enemy have tons of SAM sites? They have like fifteen billion rocket launchers in that <laughs> <site>. <laughs> Yeah, they, I
1: think I think the one thing that kind of humanized the whoever the enemy is, um, for me, was that how good they were at fighting. Yeah, one of them almost beats Maverick. I think. Yeah, that was, that was tense. Yeah, that
4: was yeah, yeah. And
1: he, they do that one move. That Maverick is like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, like, yeah. Kind of, yep. And it kind of makes you think, like, like realize, like, there's a person in there, like a respectable person who's very good at their job. Um, so like that was kind of the thing that like kind of brought a little bit of their personality through, I think, mm-hmm. which was needed because they needed to to humanize them in some form. Yeah, like, they weren't going to name them.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up that point because my fear. I don't know why I didn't, but like I didn't fear that much for this movie. But my fear sometimes with movies that have to do with the military is the glorification of like militaries. Like I, I yeah. feel like, like American Sniper and some other movies are just all about like this military is just heroes, the enemy is just a bunch of monsters, and it's good versus bad, and that's it. And I I like that this movie focused on like you know why why it's important for these characters to fight. Um, and when we see them as the good guys, but we, we don't just get a perspective for like, oh, they're just heroes and they're just a hundred percent good people and everyone should love them. And what they're doing is definitely right. We do see it as just like they're people and they have their reasons. And this military has their reasons for doing uh, what they do, but it's, I felt that it didn't mean too much in glorification.
1: Yeah. I thought it kind of gave, I've, I've never, um, like known, like been like in a military family or anything so i I don't really have like understand that psychology of like but i know that like there are families there are like people who like really care about the military so i felt like i understood it a little bit more after this movie where i was like okay i guess you really can't question what your orders are you just kind of have to do it and that kind of came through in this movie they like they would get orders from like the top and then they would just have to figure it out and figuring it out was their task and their puzzle and they, they couldn't, and they didn't really ask the question of, like, why? What's the bigger picture? Um, all that stuff. I think they, they were like, that's a different movie. <laughs> this is a yeah.
2: movie. Yeah. And it kind of ties back to what we were saying. If, if we did go that route and we start explaining, like, why are we fighting, the movie would have just been derailed into an entirely different yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
3: Yeah, exactly. And also comparing it uh, to the original Top Gun. I remember I watched the original Top Gun right before I watched Maverick, and there was a part of me at the end that I was just like, wait, hold on, seriously? The Soviet Union's just gonna let Maverick shoot down, like, five of its MiGs, and this isn't gonna cause any international incident or anything? (laughs) Mm. Whereas in this movie, it does feel like uh, the plot is successfully wrapped up due to the fact that we don't know the surrounding political circumstances. Like, it feels like there's just, like, a nice
2: lid put on it. Yeah, Those Canadians won't mess with us again. Yeah. <laughs> darn, we sure darn, it put a stop Canadians. <laughs> and
0: so yeah, we something get the Top Gun rooster, and then we find out that yeah. Oh no, yes. hopefully not. <laughs> oh my
3: goodness. I was gonna say, um, I think Ken earlier said that like he really enjoyed the plot of, um, how it you're watching them train for this mission and then them you're watching them execute it and the, the differences between how difficult it was during the training versus like what's going wrong in the, the live, uh, uh mission. And something that I really liked about the pacing of that was that, um, they're first focusing on the little like trench run thing. And yeah. what was kind of cool was because they show tons of failures in the trench, uh, I I got this perception that like in the movie the trench when they're training was actually harder for them than the trench when they are executing the mission which gives Mm -hmm. this kind of like neat feeling that they actually properly trained for it Mm -hmm. but then there is a corner thing where they couldn't have trained for it because they weren't going to launch Sam missiles at themselves (laughs) Uh, and so like they do the bombing run and then they pull up out of the crater and like everything just starts going wrong like i really loved that sequence where like all of them just start to have to dodge the missiles and like it's just them constantly in radio contact with each other like saying like i'm evading i'm dodging uh, help me and then like it's cutting back to the command center, and the, you see the looks on the commander's face is just like, "Oh my god, this is going so badly." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, it was it was very well paced, and like it felt like the stuff they could train for, they actually like got down in the real live mission. But then the stuff they couldn't train for was where everything started going wrong. I thought that that was well, very well done.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, I was telling Henry as we were watching the, uh, that scene to them doing the mission. Right before the coffin corner, when they're going down and they have to kind of like bomb the, the entrance to where the uranium is, and then they have to bomb the actual uranium... Yep. Yep. I was saying, like, this is just straight Star Wars and it's amazing. Yeah. yeah basically, episode yep. four all the way. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, oh, uh, the, the auto locking system's not working. I have to use the force. I'm like, oh, no, it's beautiful.
0: I love yeah. it. <laughs> I think I heard that the director of this movie is a big Star Wars fan. So I have a feeling he had that had some influence. Uh, yeah. Actually, some people were saying, now that it looks like that Rogue Squadron movie might not happen, they should just get this guy to do it. And yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. And Harry yeah. said, hey, if we're going to copy someone, copy the best. I'm like, hey, yeah. I, I agree yeah. with that yeah
3: you've turned off your targeting computer maverick is something wrong (laughs)
0: wrong. (laughs) by that point nice man's dead right so the nice man's voice is like use the force maverick (laughs) exactly
2: yeah
3: that is now canon top gun
2: yes (laughs) Uh, um it is funny because um thinking logically I'm surprised that the mission even got approved because it was not only were we shown that it was incredibly challenging to finish that run in whatever they said, like minute and a half, two minutes, whatever. But the part where they have to do the 10 G's inversion turn and they get like, uh what do they call it? G locked where like basically all this like gravitational force makes, you, enough, pass out. makes yeah. you pass out. I don't know how much you can train your body for it. Either your body can handle it or in or it doesn't. Usually, I don't know if, if you can yeah. train yourself. That, I, don't, that I don't really know how the physics of that works. But I will say that, at least in
0: the context of the movie, I do love the whole scene where then the guy in training, the guy ended up in G-lock. And yeah. Then- uh maverick had to uh do the thing where his scanner uh hit the guy's ships that the beep would wake him up wake him up yeah yeah, that that was a really good way of not only building tension but using like modern day technology of like vr technology with the ships and stuff to like work it into the script you know right right
2: that and the fact that the planes had to the 10 g's would also mess up the the ultimate ultimate like yield stress of um of the of the, yeah they would bend uh, the, the airplanes, plane. yeah so the plane itself could get damaged and I'm like I'm surprised because at that point it's it's a toss up you don't know how the plane's gonna fly for the next the rest of the mission so there were all these like limitations and and problems that i'm surprised that they were just like yeah let's go ahead with the mission in, in real life
0: this no, this would not ever happen yeah. but uh, <laughs> like the government would never you know like even if the most charismatic greatest fighter pilots <laughs> ever came along the government would never approve of this but uh yeah it's well, it was really movie, funny you know yeah. movie movie stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. it was really <laughs>
3: funny because i remember when they were briefing it at the beginning of the movie they were like all right, you have to go down this trench. And if you go above this elevation, you're going to get shot by missiles. And I'm like, okay, I see the logic hide. And then it's like, we're going to do this 10 G inversion turn. I'm like, all right, that sounds pretty hard. And then we're going to d- d- target shaft, fire the proton torpedoes at this box. And I'm like, okay. And then it's like, then you have to pull up and you're going to do more 10 G and you're going to bend your airframe. And I'm like, okay. Okay, So, I mean, everybody's dying at this point. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and then you're just going to come over the mountain and you're just going to get shot by missiles. I'm sorry. And I'm like, wait, hold on. They have to have a strategy for that, right? And the answer is no, they did not. <laughs> they they got over that mountain and the missile started firing and they were like, oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs>
0: Well, it's like you were saying earlier, you can't really predict that kind of stuff. So that's like, you just have to take the risk and figure it out when you get there, you know? like
3: Yeah. It's just kind of amusing to me that I was like, it was like all of these impossible things. And then I think that in the briefing, they kind of just say like, uh, once you get out, you're going to have to dogfight your way home. And I like. Dude, you're not going to just have to dogfight. You're going to have to have, like, 20 missiles firing at you <laughs> and dogfighting. Yeah. Like, nobody's coming home from this. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know what would
0: have been funny is if instead the briefing was just, okay, this is basically Star Wars. You've all seen Star
3: Wars. They just show the Death Star map from the briefing on Yavin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the green lines. <laughs>
0: Or just, or just show the footage of the Battle of Yavin and just be like, you have to do this. <laughs>
2: you have to do this yeah, <laughs> there's
3: a one meter exhaust port on the Uranium Death Star.
2: <laughs> but yeah, um, I really like the fact that, like, because they when they were training with uh, virtual simulations through their cockpits, they could just kind of basically see what the ridges what the canyons would look like and then pretend that there was a wall there and kind of evade it yeah but then once you're actually going in the mission and you see that they're right up there to like the walls they're like they can't hit that they can't they're gonna explode they're gonna die so i think even though we have seen the mission a couple of times when we actually see it just the change in scenery like you know gives it like freshness yeah
3: -hmm. Yeah, when they were in vermont yeah
2: yeah Yeah. and you're saying shalom the bridge
1: there's like a like they didn't know about the bridge yeah that's cool yeah i thought that was really cool because it's like it would make sense that you you wouldn't know about a bridge and that even something as small as a bridge can like really have a big impact on how how you handle the flight
2: Yeah. yeah i i thought also it was very ingenious how um Maverick was supposed to just be the mentor and he becomes, like, one of the leading pilot. He becomes the leading pilot. Um, and, and the way they happen is that that wasn't his plan. He just wanted to show that it was possible when he does the illegal, like, virtual run. Yes. Um, and then when he does, the, uh, his his boss is like, I have two choices. I can get you court-martialed or I can do the only logical thing and it's, you have to lead the team because you obviously know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that was a very smart way to put him into the because I I didn't focus too much on the trailers when they were out so actually I didn't know that Maverick was actually going to be in the mission yeah Mm -hmm. actually yeah same yeah 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 good point yeah I was
3: I was kind of wondering the whole time I was like oh like is it just going to be the six that are like obviously the people but then the they put in Maverick, and I was like, "Oh, wow, okay, never mind." Maverick's gonna yeah. be there.
1: That was clever because it, it would have been annoying if, at the last minute, they were like, "Actually, Maverick, do it." Like, the like they they had a clever way of right.
0: They it. had a good reason, yeah. Yeah,
3: they
1: right, had a good yeah. reason for
0: it. Yeah. And they the way they integrated Hangman into the very end, I thought was cool too. Like putting him on standby and then having him basically de- deliver the final blow. I think. Right. Yeah yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Everything was done very tastefully, and and it, it succeeds. In not just being a good sequel, but being a good movie in its own right. And I feel like something that's very hard nowadays, having something that is, it's a sequel, it's the spiritual successor, it has to carry that weight, but it has to be its own thing.
0: Yeah, but to Tom's point, the only reason that worked is because they yes. waited 35 I years, to,
2: which is why if they do this again soon,
0: it's gonna fuck it up. Yeah,
3: It was really funny because at the beginning, they, like, do a shot-for-shot remake of the intro sequence to and Top Gun. I love gun. that. Yeah. And yeah. It, I, was, I was watching it, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. It's like a love letter through 35 years, and now yeah. it's gonna be, like, a year later that it yeah. happens again. <laughs> it's gonna be like, oh, shut up. <laughs> Stop. <Yeah.
0: laughs> Yeah, but uh, I will say, uh, so overall, I I did love it, too. I think this is, like, one of the few times where I actually like a sequel better than the original. Yeah. And for all the reasons you guys were saying, like, if it it has, like, this really timeless feel where it feels modern, but also feels straight out of the 80s, but not, like, in a corporate-y kind of of way that a lot of, like, sequel boots have been having in the last several years and uh so all that stuff was great i would say if i the only like one major no i two two points of criticism that i have one of them is just that i felt the love in- the new love interest was a little underwritten yeah the romance that, was pretty lame yeah jennifer connelly's character and like they do this thing where like she's not the same character as the chick from the first movie no. but she acts the same in some parts like she they they do the thing again where like she opens the door at the end of the yes. day like where she's kind of like Come here, Tom. Come follow my booty inside the house. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's funny. Cause she, uh, go, go ahead. Because, uh, she was supposed to be the romantic successor that does the same notes, but she's a different person. Yeah, so that was really
0: awkward. And I remember we were sitting next to this old this old couple was right next to me when yeah. we went to go see this. And uh, when that part happened, the, the husband sitting next to me leaned over to his wife and he was like, Who is she in the first one? Yeah. Because like, that, that confused people, you know? So. Not
2: just that, the house was a white wooden house in front of the beach, which was the exact same house yeah. as in the previous movie. And I'm like, But this isn't the same girl. I thought it was for a moment. I'm like, Wait, am I misremembering something? Yeah. But apparently she was mentioned as an old love interest in the original Yeah, movie. briefly mentioned
0: in the first one. Yeah. But so that's why he knew her and he, I guess he knew her daughter too or something. They, yeah. I guess they were in and out over the years. I mean, to be fair, a lot happened in 35 years. Yeah, so. yeah. But... Yeah, that just took... If you're going to have a new character, don't do these weird homages to the... That was the one point where the movie got a little too, like, Hollywood sequel booty. Yeah. Mm. Sequel boot for
2: me, yeah. I get that, yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, though, like, I, I do think that it was a bit underwritten. She didn't have much in the story. But if we go by the fact that, like, they... They went through the classic beats of the hero gets, like, you know, beat yeah. up because he failed at something and he needs, like, a pep talk and go back and, like, you know, with renewed strength. Like, she was good at, like, doing the job of, like, hey, I'm here to give you that emotional support. Yeah, they have great chemistry together. They do. So, yeah. They did. And
0: I do love the last shot of when she gets in the plane with him and they take off into the sunset in the end. That was all good. So, like, it wasn't completely terrible. I just, it needed a little something. Anyway. Yeah. It,
2: it was just, they didn't have all the time to kind of develop as yeah. much as they would have probably wanted and to make the character better but they tried to throw some sprinkles there say i think she said at some point like you know don't make promises you can't keep don't tell me like maybe after this mission you know you go do what you gotta do and i also i won't be waiting i'll be doing my own thing i, I think i from what i remember there was like some scene where she yeah she there was that. yeah i think
0: you're right i kind of remember that yeah uh aside from that the only other problem i had with this movie and then uh, this isn't a problem with the movie itself just more that now like a bunch of like uh, alt writers on the internet are using this movie as ammo to like glorify their weird alt-righty ways of thinking because they're like huh a movie where the white guy is the protagonist made 1.7 billion dollars take that you wokists and i'm like oh come on you fuckers are ruining a movie that i actually like for once that <laughs> yeah sucks. yeah uh-
1: I, I, I thought they did a good job with, like, some of the other female ca- I didn't love the way they handled the, the love interest. I was like, oh, her entire personality is that she likes Tom Cruise and she owns a bar. Um, but the,
4: <laughs>
1: the other, the student, the girl who was a student, I thought was very well done. I, the I, daughter I, character?
3: Uh, the, no, the pilot, the woman the pilot. pilot. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah, she was cool. Yeah. yeah uh, like Phoenix her. Yeah, is yeah. her name?
0: Phoenix, right? I, I think,
3: think
1: so. so, yeah. yeah. I, I I related to her, like, I was worried that the entire cast was going to be male again, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, like, kind of see myself on screen, but I, I felt like with her, I thought it was a good thing. It's really
0: cool to get your perspective on these cool. things. Yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: I, I thought they did a good job with her being, because her whole character wasn't like, I have to prove myself even though I'm a woman, which did come up. But like
0: once like once or twice yeah once or twice yeah. they were yeah. like
1: oh you're a girl mainly right. really hangman
4: yeah. yeah
0: yeah
1: um but it, it kind of uh it was like it was more just that she you could tell that she had her own reason just like rooster had his his reasons for wanting to be in this fight she had hers and she was meeting her goals and, and all that stuff so i, I thought that they did a good job with her yeah
0: yeah and it actually brings up another point i want to say is that in the beginning of the movie i actually didn't like hangman at first when mm-hmm. he showed up because it First of all, it's in the name that he's basically, like, new Iceman, you know, right, Iceman, yeah. Hangman. And I was like, yeah. oh, they're doing this again. But, like, as the movie progressed, he grew on me because, like, a lot of the – even though he was an asshole, a lot of the points he was saying are actually right in principle. Right, like, when yeah. he did Call Out Rooster, like, you know, you have too much of an emotional, like uh, – complication in this because yeah. of what happened to your dad and stuff. It's like he's a dick, but hey, he's kinda right about <laughs> yes, that. Yeah. You know, like
2: and then you showed they show him at the end saying like, hey, kinda permission to go there and kind of help them out. And they're like, no, you can't go. <laughs>
0: yeah. So
2: they show that he cares. Yeah. And and I like it. And
0: yeah, and then it, it felt earned at the end when he did kind of like get help help to save the day. Yeah yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, like I feel like movies in general are kinda short in the sense that like when you have multiple characters, it's hard to develop them all equally. So you have to kind of choose, like, which character I'm going to develop and which characters I have to just throw little hints that they are more than just, like, uh, a plot device.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, so, but when you focus on Maverick and and Brewster, I feel like, obviously, they had, like, really good character development. And the other ones, um, they, we knew that they were three-dimensional and we got to see moments. And maybe the movie wasn't about them, but I, I never saw anyone as just, like, oh, yeah, it's just, an extra even even bob i enjoy like him being like oh yeah he's kind of awkward bit weird but he's good at his job yeah so, you know you gotta trust him
0: <laughs> and it fits with the whole like one thing i enjoy about this generation that we live in is that uh nerds are becoming cool and, yeah like, the movie kind of acknowledged that you know yeah. so, with that character so i thought that was cool
3: yeah i feel like there were kind of like almost like tiers of the characters that you kind of get to see on screen like there was the maverick rooster tier. And then there was kind of like the Hangman, Phoenix, Bob tier. And yeah. then I guess if I had to level like one complaint is like I could have used a little bit more development for the other F fourteen. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. because yeah. like those guys, I don't, remember I don't even those. remember their call signs. Right, like, right. And it, I I feel like they might. I could have just used like a scene or something with them because there's the one that he trained that uh Maverick saves with the the dinging um because he g-locks or whatever but like that's the only moment that he has and that's not really your personality that's just you suffering from g-forces right Um, right, 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 so yeah i could have used the moment for them but other than that i totally agree i I feel like i feel like each tier of character got the screen time and the payoffs that they should have gotten so Yeah. yeah
0: yeah Overall, I'd say this is my, of all the movies I've seen this year, this is my second favorite movie I've seen this year. My favorite is still The Batman. That That's still my favorite movie of this year. But this is right there at number two. But to be fair, I haven't seen Everything Everywhere all at once. That was a good movie, too. It's, yes, from everything you guys have told me, it sounds like that would be
2: probably high up number there. Number one.
1: Yeah. yeah Maverick is probably number two for me as well, after mm. Everything Everywhere All at
2: once. I still need to make up my mind, but right now, I think it might be my favorite, Maverick. Yeah, be number one for me. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: What about you, Tom?
3: Um, I probably liked this more than the Batman. Not necessarily because I think that this was like better or whatever, but just because I'm fatigued of Batman, but I'm not fatigued of fighters blowing stuff up.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, you will be in a few years when they. Do oh, I will to be in a few that. years, but I'm not yet. <laughs> That's the key word, yet.
3: Um, yeah. So I would probably put Maverick ahead of, but I uh, I've watched everything. Uh, everywhere all at once now and i would put that as number one so i think i agree with shalom in that in that listing yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. i think yeah. everything everywhere all at once is <laughs> one of the most inventive ingenious movies out there and gets so many points for excellent execution with also like head spearing like a a new concept not in the sense that like we obviously with the mcu and everything we know about the multiverse but Hitspearingan tried to make it mainstream and um, make it like make it the focal point of the movie. And Maverick also stands up there, but taking old, known, good story beats and being really good at executing. So it's almost like the past and the future in a way, both being excellent at what they do. Mm.
3: Um, but Ken, well, counterpoint. Does everything, everywhere, all at once have... A uh, highway to the to danger zone.
0: I don't think so. Yo, <laughs> so thinking, no, it's I a worse movie. To that song on loop for like weeks on. End. I was listening to it such too. Such a good song. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm driving my motorcycle. Uh, I forget when, and I was listening to that song. <laughs> yes.
3: You're gonna go watch like the F-14s come into to an airstrip somewhere, like Tom Cruise did. Oh yeah, yeah i yeah.
2: Drive it to an airport and then start, like watching the. The jet planes, and start racing them. It was a cool
0: out. scene in the movie, but in real life, nobody would be allowed to do that. Right? No, no, like they, the police the would come way. immediately yeah, and arrest
1: right, would yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just drive up to Boston Logan Airport. Yeah, <laughs> oh my, my God, motorcycle. Watch. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel
3: like Top Gun Maverick was like kind of the perfect um uh homage to the 80s without being too much of an homage to the 80s i think you said that henry is like yeah it's like a sequel boot and it's like a very 80s flavored but i never felt like it's not like, like michael jackson popped onto the screen and was like oh f-14s wow uh like it's like it's just it's just uh it is what it is and it feels very 80s and obviously it's the sequel to an 80s movie but it kind of gets to stand on its own as well. So I feel like that's very impressive that they managed to do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: I thought I thought it was interesting that they because it took place in the military like so much has changed since the 80s and I'm sure the military has changed in a lot of ways as well, but I thought it was a good backdrop that they had to be like, okay, there's a lot of things about the military that are probably exactly the same as they were back in the 80s. So let's at least aesthetically, those. yeah.
0: Aesthetically, and movies yeah. are primarily visual medium, So that's, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, like the one of my favorite scenes to just think about when I think about that movie is where they're all at the bar and like Rooster, I think Rooster is like singing and playing piano. And like you, you feel, you felt like you were there in the room with them. You felt that like feeling of like camaraderie. Um, yeah and like so that was cool to watch and like it it felt like something that could have taken place in the 80s it could have taken place now it, it that feeling of like uh like kinship is is universal throughout like time so it, it and the it carried
0: yeah and the intercutting with his father doing that song in the first yeah. from the first movie was good too actually that's another thing miles teller's a really good actor i actually think he in is. some ways he like outshined tom cruise Very yeah
3: good. he kind of he, he really sold uh rooster like when the movie opened i think i had it spoiled for me that rooster was like goose's son before i watched it Um, But and so like, I think I went in with almost like a negative grudge against him of like, oh I I didn't, I now knew you were going to be in this. But like, he very quickly grew on me and I was like, Oh, dang, this is a great character. And I think that Miles Teller is like, almost 100% responsible for that. He really sold me on rooster.
0: Yeah. I, well, I would, I would give him like 90%. I'd say the other 10% of uh, responsibility would go to the writer. Cause yeah, like, thinking the whole thing about the father's death and having it basically yeah. impact his entire life, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that. Yeah. It was well-written, but yeah. by the way, that reminds me, doubling back to Thor Ragnarok, when the hell did Heimdall have a son? Why was that never, when it, you never saw his Axel Rose in uh, Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of sons, and I—I so, I forgot to bring that up before. But like all of a sudden, he just had a son because he died in Infinity War. He did. So yeah, when did got. he have time to have a kid? <laughs>
1: oh
2: no! It's his bastard son. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. One
3: thing um, I did want to mention was. Uh, I remember watching Top Gun and thinking it was very weird how they handled uh, Goose's death because at the end of the movie, uh, Tom Cruise or Maverick, he like has his dog tags and then he just like chucks them into the ocean. and it's like, yes. okay, I guess this this is the sign that this character has overcome Goose's death. But then I feel like it's weird because the sequel, almost decanonized that and handled goose's death in like a more tasteful way like rather than him just going like screw you goose i shot down me launching his dog tags into the ocean uh he's like actually still kind of guilty about it and has also like made life choices like with uh getting Rooster kicked out of the Naval Academy like he's yeah, yeah. it's continued to influence his life so I felt like it was weird how they like decanonized something from the first movie and then like upgraded it like yeah, no no yeah. this is how it would actually go
0: minor little retcons like that are okay I think. yeah no yeah. I think
3: in this case it worked great it was just yeah. I, I I remember watching Top Gun like going into Maverick and uh being like Why did he just launch goose into the ocean? (laughs) Like, doesn't he like that guy? But then the movie kind of handled or the sequel handled it better. Yeah. Don't
1: you give the family the dog tags? Why was it his authority to decide what happened to the dog tags?
3: I have no idea because Tom Cruise, that's (laughs) why Maverick breaks all the rules. He steals dog tags, he launches them into the ocean.
2: Small, small thing that I kept mentioning throughout the movie was that, like, every time that, like, Maverick would drive up to uh, the girl's house, um, there was the stop sign that he would just, like, drive right past. Not even slow down through it. (laughs) That's the Maverick. Whenever you go to visit the girl and whenever he was driving her back, right before you got to the house, there's a stop sign. Each time you see him just go right past. (laughs) Oh, Wow. (laughs)
3: That's I'm the Maverick secret, too. Ken. He just defies all
2: the rules. All the rules.
1: <laughs> you, you, were, you were saying that to me in the theater. You yeah. were like, this, he's not a responsible motorcycle driver no. at all. Mm-hmm. You were like, he's not wearing a helmet. He's not stopping at stop signs. <laughs> to be
0: fair, in some states, you're allowed to drive. Some states, road. yeah. Ken,
3: there was no way.
1: <laughs> there was
3: no way he was going to be able to teach those people how to run that trench if he stopped for stop signs. <laughs> <Yeah>. Please. <laughs> this is Maverick we're talking about. He's There's a reckless shit. loose cannon. Yeah yeah
1: yeah i thought i did think that the way that they handled goose's legacy was really well done um and i cried when during the mission when um i think goose says like talk to me dad or no rooster says like talk to me dad and then Mm, um the next voice he hears is maverick's voice and i was like oh because maverick is like like, his surrogate father, his surrogate yeah, father and like was friends with Goose, and yeah. like it's, it was really sweet. That was it was well. very well done. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, I honestly thought that like a lot of the carryover stuff from the first movie was well done. Like Iceman was very well done. Yeah, um, Goose was very well done. It's just kind of it's like fascinating because if you just watched top gun it's like this very generic 80s movie ending where like the guys like bro hug and then like uh he like chucks his friend's dog tags in the ocean is like i'm over my emotions and then it's like in this movie it's like oh wow this actually affected this guy and he has like actual friendships with Iceman, and you see the payoffs to these yeah
0: yeah and uh when i first heard that they were putting Valkyrie because apparently they originally didn't want val kilmer to be in this movie because of his real life issue with his voice <laughs> and val kilmer basically like pushed hard to be written into the movie oh cool and yeah i'm glad he did at first i was like uh, is he like forcing himself into the movie is it gonna feel contrived? but it, i'm actually glad he did that now because it i added, thought yeah it really added to the movie with the the way they did it with the text and that's another reason why it's great that this movie took 30 years to make because like the smartphones the texts like that was a perfect way to integrate iceman into the story i yeah. thought it really like build up to seeing him like even if val Kilmer didn't have that voice thing in real life i i would have almost still wanted them to do it this way now not with him, his character having a voice but like with him and uh maverick communicating through texts first and then it's like slowly building up to you actually seeing Iceman yeah. like midway through the movie instead of him just walking in at the beginning of the movie being like i'm here you know but, yeah, yeah yeah
2: no it, it just there was so much emotion in this movie and i really i really appreciate all of it
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah it
3: was impressive how like um it you think of i think shalom said you like you think action you just think like arnold schwarzenegger explosions like <laughs> non-stop fighting but there was a lot of emotion weaved into not just like the quiet moments but also like the action sequences themselves lots of emotional payoffs built into it that was uh just really solid script writing yeah yeah yeah
1: Writing is like one of the most important things to me. When I go and watch a movie, if not the most important thing, absolutely, um, like to because it's the foundation. Like you can't, yeah. Uh, so it, I really appreciate it. That like I, I'm sure if I watched it again, I would pick up on even more stuff, and like I really appreciate that as well.
3: How about that time when uh, Tom Cruise fell out of the window and the girl saw him? That was
0: <laughs> that was a
3: Tom Cruise moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i see that was what again goes along with the one thing i didn't really like about this movie which is the, the that the romance sublock because then she says some corny thing like don't break her heart again or whatever i don't know yeah just shit like that i i guess like it doesn't feel organic to me i guess i don't know
3: it almost felt like a little too 80s maybe
0: yeah that's it that's it yeah, that's it yeah.
2: That. I, I think it, it was supposed to kind of like yeah, it felt like a Hallmark 80s. movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, I think yeah, it's supposed to be like kind of taking you back to like, oh, the whole like high school story of uh, he has to go down out the window because he's not really like uh, the guy that should be with her, and it's supposed to kind of make them maybe feel young again, feel like they're back into this, like they're they're yeah. older souls in like a younger world. Um, I'm I probably giving too much credit. It's not that deep, but <laughs> I think yeah. it was. No, I think I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. uh just trying to do, like, yeah, call callback.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Um. Yeah. Yeah, just Top Gun was good. It sounds we're like the
1: four
0: down. was not.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the four, yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. In summary. In summary. Oh, but I do want to double back to one quick thing, though, in the eight minutes that we have left. Yeah. Um, we were talking before about, like, Thor 4 and, like, the 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 uh, gay lesbian stuff being, yeah. feeling like it wasn't like organically tied into the story and like how a lot of these Disney movies are kind of uh, doing that we're like um it, it, you know like the principle is well meant but like the way it's integrated in feels kind of contrived um, I will say though like on the subject of other 2022 movies I did not like Lightyear but I did appreciate that the uh, gay romance subplot in Lightyear was actually like a part of the story, and oh, like, you can't cut it out, right? Yeah. And and they didn't, and the because of that, the movie got banned in a lot of other countries. And Disney actually stuck to their guns on that one. They were like, no, like we are not changing the movie. We don't care if it doesn't come out in all these countries. We're sticking to this. So like, yeah. That's a step in the right direction. It is. It is. Oh, that's so, kind of so, cool. I actually didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully they start doing more of that. Now, don't everything else about Lightyear fucking pissed yeah. me off. <laughs> I hated it. I I Are I you cynical it, about Lightyear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. it's not worth it. It's not it's worth
1: talking about. It's kind of funny that. how like everything all at once came out similar timing to Multiverse of Madness. And there was one clear winner there. And then Lightyear came out similar timing to Top Gun Maverick. Um, not that, I guess Lightyear was more like spaceships instead of planes, but like, it, I don't know. Um, and there was one, definitely a clear winner there as well, like Lightyear sucked.
2: Yeah, this whole like tendency of sometimes Hollywood copying itself and uh, then kind of just be like, well, only one of them can be good. If any, maybe none of them will be. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Whenever Disney stands up for like people's rights,
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a baby step because I think that they... It's not such a high-profile movie like Star Wars. So they're like, uh, oh, it's an animated movie. Maybe Star yeah. stands here. But it is a step. Maybe it it's is a, a step, step, but it is a step. Yeah. And then that's the thing. Maybe eventually we'll get to, like, the more, quote-unquote, like, important movies, live-action movies. The, the, the big, big AAA movies. ones, yeah. And but the, yeah, you do make a good point, though, that lately
0: Disney seems to not take Pixar as seriously as they used to because, like, uh... uh Light well, Lightyear did get a theatrical release, but like uh, movies before that during COVID, Pixar movies were always getting dumped on straight to Disney Plus, and I yeah. understand why. But all of Disney's other movies that were going straight to Disney Plus during COVID were going with the thirty dot. Like if you want to watch it early, you got to pay thirty dollars yeah. on top of your subscription that you already pay. But Pixar movies they were just releasing straight for free, and don't get me wrong, As the consumer, I was happy about was happy. that. Yeah, but I was thinking like, wait, why do they seem to not give a fuck about <laughs> Pixar anymore? Yeah. I thought Pixar was supposed to be one of their like. Flagship like subsidiaries or whatever. Yeah,
2: are they still doing the thirty dollars thing? No, now? that's yeah. that's
0: over now. Good because
2: I, I, I remember the first time when I was with Mulan.
0: I was yes. I was
2: thinking like that's insane. So I am paying for the service and I have to pay more to watch the movie. Yeah. And, like I understand like oh I'm watching it early, but I'm yeah. like no no. We no.
1: did that and we Mulan was not that great of a movie mm-hmm. and we were like we regretted that we had paid the thirty dollars. Did we pay
0: for that or?
1: I, I definitely remember. Whoa, that.
0: did you just admit <laughs> to piracy,
1: motherfucker? <laughs> 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 I, I just
2: remember it not, it's not something that's worth $30. <laughs> $30
3: is a lot.
0: <laughs>
2: like, that's a
0: lot. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just like, yeah, $30. People are totally going to go for
2: that. If you, If you. Want to buy a Blu-ray DVD and own it? That's twenty dollars right. a movie. So thirty dollars is a big ask. Yeah.
4: yeah.
3: Shouldn't it be like fifteen or something max? Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, a movie ticket these days is like around there. So yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I would think. Is like you're
3: trying to basically
0: recreate the, the movie the movie ticket price. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You right. get to
1: pay twice as much to see something on your smaller screen at home.
0: But I guess what their justification for it is that Disney is a family oriented thing, so most people are going to watch it as a family. So that's why they said thirty. Cause like if movie tickets are $15 a piece and an average family is a family of four, that's 15 times four. So this is still, this is only 15 times two. That's, that was their justification, right. but that's still bullshit. No,
2: it is. But it's, <laughs> you're watching your TV. You're not watching in the movie theater with very advanced audience sessions, everything. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Experience the seating. You're watching it at home in the TV that you paid for, in the yeah. subscription that <laughs> you paid for in the home that you paid for with electricity you paid right. for. So why would I pay extra? Yeah. You know? <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's uh that's a hard sell, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. So to recap, The Four sucks. Mm-hmm. Top Gun good, Lightyear bad. Lightyear bad. Okay. Are is there any in the last three minutes, are there any other movies we want to add to this
0: recap? <laughs> I, I haven't really seen anything else this year, I don't think. Uh what? nothing that kinda uh, the Batman good.
1: We yeah. saw Super Pets. Super Pets was actually quite it was enjoyable. Actually good.
0: Yeah, yeah, I heard that was good. Okay,
3: was so Super, Super Pets good. There yeah. we go.
2: There there's
0: not many other movies coming out this year. There's, does anybody give a fuck about Black Adam or is that uh, just Dwayne I Johnson's I don't care vanity about project? That movie yeah. At all. Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> he he's been pushing for that movie for like 20 fucking years because he wants to be a superhero so bad. I'm sure he's i ni- I've heard he's a nice guy in real life, yeah. The Rock, but it's just like, dude, I'm like we're already like really fatigued on superheroes. Yeah. Say. So like,
1: yeah. Different <laughs> superhero. I guess that's part of the DC universe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah. And the character is supposed to be a villain and more like an antihero in the comics. But, yeah. Yeah. Which I it sounds like they're trying to maintain that for the movie, but like you could just tell he's just like, no, I just want to be a superhero. Yeah. Yeah. They
1: they really lean in. At- yeah. yeah.
0: Good. No, uh,
1: uh, you, the the post credit scene of the Super Pets movie like, I saw yeah that yeah. they
0: referenced Black Adam in it yeah because yeah. Dwayne Johnson voices uh, Crypto the super dog and Super yeah. Pets yeah
1: and I guess uh, they like the joke about Black Adam is like oh I'm the antihero and like they really lean into oh that yeah in the post credit <laughs> scene I guess I don't know
0: yeah
1: yeah but uh, yeah that movie was silly but it was fun.
2: Mm. Yeah, no, it's a great silly animated movie. Yeah. Um, not for this year. I'm so, since we're talking about Top Gun, I'm super excited for the Mission Impossible movies. And then the oh yeah, last yeah. Two, yeah, yeah. I've I've loved that love that series. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that's next year and the year after. I just don't like the titles. I don't like that it's called Dead Reckoning Part One and Dead Reckoning Part Two. Like call call this next one Dead Reckoning and then call the next one uh, Finale or, or just something else. <laughs> Red
3: Reckoning.
1: Red. Deccaning. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Mission no,
0: that, that does look good, yeah.
1: 400 over 2.
0: <laughs> 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 Callback, team cut.
2: One day if we do a Kingdom Hearts episode, I, I would love to explain all of this. There is, a, there is meaning behind 358 divided by 2 days. <laughs> this
0: sounds more complicated than like Middle Earth lore. Oh, it,
2: it's so complicated. So needlessly complicated. <laughs> Jesus.
0: Explain it all in the last 30 seconds <laughs> we have left. <laughs> Go, no, just oh, kidding. 30 seconds. <laughs> All right. Well it was great doing this with you guys
2: as always. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank
1: you so much. This is fun.
2: Yeah, super fun. Take Have care. a good one, everybody. Take care everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.